Crackers wanna harm me cause I'm tawny Me and my party suave looking godly in my RPs The astute polish knowledge order Who skips borders and waters Wifey the goddess we looking like the Carters on charter Top charters they saying we stab stuff in the pack Lovely between brothers already spotted and undercover Sent them a bagel with butter onto another Was sipping my green tea and Fiji life is easy as pie Old sober millennials, what they take me for? I'm bringing light, like biracial, my physical thought pattern and resembling the fire ratio. On my best behavior since wifey promised fellatio. I got muscle memory from centuries of legacy, kingship pedagogy, program for prophecy. The honor and honesty is enough. Feeling better than sober. Used to I'm ready. All right, cool, yo. Sneak This Podcast, Sneak This Sneaker Podcast episode, I don't know, it's a mini episode, we already did our episode for the week, so this is one of the rare times we've ever done two episodes in a week, uh, unlike our guest, we have Maul from the Joe Bum Podcast, what up? Yo, what's up, man? Man, appreciate it, man, I, I, I you know, first of all, I want to give a real shout out uh, to the homie Zay Raw on Twitter, who actually, I guess, you know, if you want to say made this happen, because... I had hit you up before, probably last year, the year before, about coming on. And, you know, you guys are on tour and clearly busy and stuff like that. And, you know, with you guys doing multiple episodes a week on your guys' show, I really didn't know if it'd be a possibility again. And, you know, it showed the power of the Internet. You know, he posted, he, you know, I guess, a supporter of our show. He tagged you and said, you know, he'd love to hear him on a podcast. And you said, let's do it. And we made it happen. Yeah, I mean, you know how it is, man. I, I know we had uh, talked a while ago about, you know, doing it and making it happen, but, you know, scheduling and then, you know, the world completely changed on us. So, you know, but we here, though. That's all that matters. We reconnected. Oh, that's what's up, man. I love that. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Like, I don't miss an episode. I love the podcast. Like, ever since the beginning. And the evolution of it is crazy. And it's like one of those, your guys' podcast is, it's inspiration to, like, all of the podcasts to us, you know, we all have that mindset and goal to one day get to your guys' level of popularity and, you know, of success. And uh, so having you on here is awesome. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate the support. Uh, Wait, hold on a oh, second. Yeah. I, I got to ask this because I don't know if this has ever been answered and I know our audience a little bit different. So what is there a reason the podcast didn't start with the three of you or I guess four if you consider Parks? Is there a reason it didn't start like that? Was it someone else's idea originally, or? No, I think what happened was uh, Joe and Rory and uh, Marissa had started the podcast. Marissa is a friend of ours, right. and you know we've all been been together for years. Uh, I actually was out of New York at the time that they started. I was I wasn't living in New York, and then uh, when I came back to New York, they were kind of going through a transition. And um, Joe had hit me and was like, yo, I want you to come on the show, you know, just come kick it with us. So I was like, cool. I was like, you know, let's do it. So then I did it. And uh, the response was was, was so great that uh, he had hit me the next week to come back on. And I uh, came back on and I did it. And then after that, we had to talk about just, you know, making it a permanent thing. And, um, you know, my thing was always I didn't want, I didn't want to mess up the chemistry that him and Rory had. 
So, uh, you know, we we all sat down and we was like, nah, man, like it works. Like it's, it's, it's easy, it's comfortable. And we just decided to, you know, we was going to do it. We was going to go all the way and push it as far as we could. And, you know, here we are today. Did you have a, like a text thread or anything? Because that's how we started this. We were texting all the time. And then Greg was like, why don't we just take this to a show? We might as well because a text thread is always jokes and whatever else. Well, you know, me and Joe, we, we lived together for years. That's my homie for years. Um, we, uh, you know, we used to, he used to shoot a lot of stuff when he was in the house, just kicking it for uh, his YouTube channel early on and just post clips of us kicking it. So I kind of think that that was always something that was in his mind that we always had, like, just those type of conversations that, you know, other people probably should be let in on. And, um, you know, as, as podcasting began to grow, we had a vision of, you know, we, we feel we feel like all guys sit around and talk about some of the things that we talk about. So we just wanted to create, you know, a, a platform where we kind of like spoke for the people and address certain things. And from a different perspective where it wasn't controlled by major corporations, it was just raw, uncut conversation. And um, I think we mastered that. And, you know, we're trying to just push it to a level where it's mainstream now. Yeah, you know what was funny is, is that like your guys' show, like the same thing with us, like George, like George said, that it started out with a text thread and, you know, our podcast, we love to, you know, I hate to use the raw and uncut, you know, a lot of people love to use that, but I mean, technically what we do it is, you know, we really talk in depth about sneakers and clothes and, you know, things that are going on and, you know, I know that you guys have always been that way and it crosses my mind every once in a while if we could be too raw and uncut or too critical about sneakers and certain things you know have you guys take that in consideration when you guys do come up with topics and what you guys talk about and how it could affect something down the road i mean now you kind of have to because uh we, we're in such a sensitive time in the world and you don't want to offend anybody like we never we never sit down and and try to have conversations with the intent on offending anybody but you know nowadays people take everything and anything offensive so it makes it kind of hard to have those conversations where it's like, you know, we, we want to be as real and as raw as possible, but we also don't want to offend anyone. So it's a, it's a fine line that you have to kind of walk at. Like, you know, now with, with the world being so sensitive, you can't, you know, if you look at movies and you listen to interviews from and listen to music from just five, ten years ago and just hear, you know, some of the words that they use and some of the right. some of the context that they use. Like, if they was to use that now, you know, they'd be ready to cancel everybody. So you got to kind of, like, you know, walk that fine line of not offending nobody, but keep it real. And, I, you know, with me, I always, I always tell people I'm not always right, but I'm always real. You know what I'm saying? So that's just, I just hang my hat on that. The fact that I never try to sit down and intentionally disrespect anybody or offend nobody, but I'm always going to be real. That's what I like to hear. Trade, trademark statement. <laughs> um, you know, one yeah. of the things, you know, we do want to talk about was like, you know, growing up in, in New York and, you know, where you've been at, you know, with sneakers and stuff like that. We've had a lot of guests on the podcast. We had Clark Kent. You know, we've had other few people. And, uh, you know, it's always good to hear, you know, how sneakers became very you're one. Of, you're the only one on the podcast. Actually, we could actually see what you're fully wearing and sneakers and every week mm -hmm. that's one of the things as us a sneaker podcast i look to see like dang i'm like yo i, I know he does not got <laughs> chunky donkeys on today like yo like this cat is out here wearing it so like yeah. you know at what point in like you know growing up sneakers became such a staple you know with you and your life oh man you know growing up in new york that was a thing man you had to be fresh if you wasn't fresh when you went outside you know the homies was gonna cut you up all day man and then you have to go upstairs <laughs> and change your outfit so 
that was something that you had to pay attention to. Like in my hood growing up, you always had to make sure you had the fresh on and you had the latest sneakers on, but you also had to have the right outfit on. You know what I'm saying? So I just come from that, man. Like, you know, I don't really consider myself a sneakerhead. Like I know they try to tell me I'm a sneakerhead. I'll, I'll take it. You know, it's nothing wrong with it, but I just, I don't really chase sneakers. If I see the sneakers that I like, you know, I think they're cool and I think that I could do some fly shit with can I curse on it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, can I if I could do if I could do some fly shit with the sneakers, you know, I'll get them. I don't but I don't chase every release. Like I'm not one of those guys that go on the sneakers app and try to get like a release and all like <laughs> if I see some sneakers and I like it, I go get it or I try to get it. Um it's a few that I don't have that I'm still looking for. But um yeah, man, I just you know, sneakers has always been of the culture man like dressing has always been a part of 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 hip-hop and it's always been a part of the culture so it's a it's a it's a serious thing and i like to see guys like yourselves that you know y'all go in depth and try to really talk about sneakers and it's because it's a story around a lot of these sneakers that come out like a lot of people just think that sneakers are just you know like oh they just look good but it's like there's really a story behind a lot of these pieces that's facts um there are certain questions definitely if we don't ask we'll get destroyed by our listeners so I definitely have to ask, what was the first sneaker that you realized, like, oh, I'm now into fully copping sneakers? What was the one that set um, it off? The first sneaker that I bought that I was like, okay, now I'm officially into sneakers. Uh, man, I, probably the way back, I think, when the, when the, when the gold phone posits first came out. Oh okay. See, I that's like a, that's headphones. a very New York answer. Yeah, when the copper foams came out, I was like, because I remember I was running around town trying to find. Them. I was like, all right, I might be bugging out right now. <laughs> you don't rock foams anymore. Nah, man, I'm I'm getting older, man. I'm 38 now, man. Them shits hurt your feet, man. I can't I can't wear those no more, man. Well, you know what's crazy is that like, all the well, hold on, all the foam is now is a weapon. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I saw, uh, I remember like a few years ago, I saw Eric Bledsoe actually playing in them. I didn't know how he oh, was wow. actually hooping in those sneakers. Like I said, yo, he, he got some strong feet. Man. You know what? <laughs> nah, you know what, see, I, I, we're, we're older as well. Greg you gets know. upset when I make fun of Foams. I don't, I can't do Foams. But see, I'm from LA, so Foams was never okay. an LA thing. We're from both from California. I understand that, yeah. but for some reason, you have this like. I do, and like. Look, I went to Arizona. I love Mike Bibby, so I'm nostalgic about that first Foam. But other than that, it yeah. never came to me like, yo, foams. Yeah, but like like Ma just said, he saw Eric Bledsoe playing in it. And I feel like like I'm 37, George is 40. So we're older as well. We all grew up playing mm-hmm. in those heavy sneakers. So like when I, I can't. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So I when I see people playing in these lighter sneakers, I don't understand how anybody can run or cut or do anything in these sneakers. <laughs> Foam posits, Jordans, Jordan 4s, them joints were built to last. So like I feel yeah, like we got yeah. stronger to play in those. Yeah, I think they figured out a way to, you know, make the athletes more comfortable and keep a lighter shoe but a durable shoe. Like, you know, technology over the years just got better. You, This actually might be something you can speak on because a lot of people don't realize this, but the things that, like, the professional NBA players go through to get the shoes form fit and the insoles form fit, everything to their feet, they don't, they're not getting the same sh- joint off the shelf that everybody else is getting. No, no. A lot of the athletes they have uh, they're, they're, the inside of their shoes are custom, are custom made. Uh, the the insoles are custom. Uh, it's just that the shell, the outer shell, is what you know you can the retailers can get. But a lot of these athletes, the inside of their shoes are completely different. Uh, you know, and that kind of like you know 
kind of a good transition to another thing I want to ask. You know, Kanye and Virgil, they've come up on your guys' podcast quite a few times, like, you know, as a reoccurring topic sometimes, and us for as well, you know, us for one reason and you guys for another, and sometimes for the same reason. Do you find it harder to, like, continue to support, like, their sneakers or their brands with, like, some of the stance they've been taking for, like, the last few years? Uh, well, the funny thing is, I don't own any pair of Yeezys or any pair of Off Whites. Oh, none. Wow. Like I, I um, no, nah, I don't own any Yeezys or Off Whites. The only only pair of Yeezys that I actually was just looking at maybe like two months ago, and I, I thought about getting were the Turtle Doves, but um, I didn't get them. But um, yeah, no, nah, I don't own any Yeezys or Off Whites. I, I mean, I, you know, listen, I respect, I respect what Kanye has been able to do when he's been able to build with his influence and his name with adidas and uh virgil the same you know he found a way to you know add his little touches to to sneakers and and um you know use his likeness and his influence to to pushing a you know sneaker sneaker culture forward but i just never really you know i, I it just wasn't it was more so like you know this I, it felt it felt more like a moment thing it's like a fad i think and i, I don't really chase like the fatty shit like uh, i like to chase like you know classic you know things and i don't i don't i don't see the the off-whites being you know something that's like a a thing that we'll look back on in, in ten years and be like, oh yeah, these are must have. Really? Because I I actually consider I consider like this off white at least the first run of off white collection. I consider it like the greatest collaboration of all time, and only because I say that because Nike and Jordan allowed somebody like Virgil to like completely kind of deconstruct the sneaker, in which we had never seen before. You know, they've allowed designers and mm-hmm. people to like add colors to it and add a logo to it, but like he completely kind of chopped them up. I mean, I get it, uh, but to me, I think uh, I think what Travis has done with, with with Nike is is a little more my style. Um, you know, I, I respect what I respect what Virgil did. You know, what I'm saying, but. I think that what Travis has done, I think to me, it's just a little cooler. You know what I mean? Right. So I just, those I have, you know what I mean? Like I, I made sure I got, uh, both of the uh, Nikes that, uh, that Travis did. Did you at any point, or the Jordan, oh, rather. okay, my bad. Did you, uh, at any point were you into SBEs at any point? Cause I know in New York city, skate culture is big, just like LA. Um, and so I was into SBs heavy at one point and just the dunks, basically not really anything else, maybe a blazer here or there, but, um, I'm always curious because, you know, the dunk is a basketball shoe and it was always cool to me that Nike skateboarding used that shoe as like the main jump off. Yeah, I was, um, years ago I had, uh, I don't know what I, I lost those sneakers and I'm just kind of <laughs> mad about, I thought about it last summer, uh, the, the pigeons. I had those. You lost uh, pigeons? When they came out. <laughs> Who loses pigeons? <laughs> Yeah, I, I lost I lost my pigeons and I lost the uh the first Jordan ones, man. It's, I think I left them in a the hotel, you know, moving fast when you when you when you gotta get out the next day to catch a flight. I I don't I don't think I checked the closet and I might have left them in the closet or whatever, the hotel room. But you know, but yeah, I did the dunks. Uh I, I like I like the, the fact that the dunks are, are making a comeback. I'm actually looking for the um the Tiffany dunks now, the low ones. I'm 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 ready to get those. I never had them, and I always wanted them. So I told myself, I said, I'm gonna just go ahead and get those. But um, yeah, we was uh, you know, New York is it's a it's a thing where, you know, you gotta kind of just know. You can look at sneakers and just know what's fly. Like I don't wait for everybody else to jump on something and say, oh, this is hot. Like I'm able to look at a sneaker and I'm like, okay, does will my jeans lay right over these sneakers? You know, <laughs> how how would these look with an outfit? Right. That's just, that's how I look at sneakers. You know, I don't look at 
whether or not just because I'm from New York is everybody in New York wearing these like I always like to just look at the sneaker and just kind of figure out how would these look on my feet with a, with a pair of jeans you know going back to like what you said about Travis like I, I do want to ask you because you know you guys are you know predominantly a music podcast and you've been in the culture and been around music and stuff like that you know your entire life um did you ever foresee because we've talked about it numerous times on this show like how the transition to entertainers rappers being the most influential in buying sneakers than athletes are well, it goes hand in hand. You know, rappers want to be ball players, ball players want to be rappers, or you know, athletes want to be entertainers. You know how it is. Like it's all part of the culture. We all grow up in these same areas. You know, athletes on their way to the games, they you know they listen to the culture, they listen to hip hop. Uh, so you know, it's, it's it's like a it's like a marriage. You know, it goes hand in hand. Um, and I think a lot of the times, you know, a lot of these rappers, you know, they try to we try to they try to figure out a way of impacting sports you know more than just music you know let me let, let's talk about fashion let's talk about because you know on the way to the games now a lot of these athletes they 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 think about their outfits you know what i'm saying like now going to the game if you're not fresh that's a problem you know what i'm saying so right. you got to be up on your fashion you got to have the right sneakers on you got to have the right outfit on and you got to be listening to the right music i think it all it's, it's just all part of it it's all, it's all part of the culture you know it's funny like when we had talked about it a long time ago and we talked about that transition to like entertainers from athletes i was telling somebody i think i was telling my wife and i said you know what's crazy is like athletes like i don't ever look even though athletes right now have been really really trying to be fashion forward and stuff like that when we look at entertainers and i always give this example like the first time i saw ludicrous and i saw usher one time i'm a, i'm really short and i saw them i was like they're short too like and that's when i realized i can dress and look like them more than i could ever look like an athlete like athletes are six right six two hundred something pounds and they're like anomalies you know right so it's like i always look right. at the entertainment world it's like oh shoot travis got on that plaid kanye got on that t-shirt i could definitely rock that right right well, yeah, it, um, it, it surprises me that a lot of these, uh, especially a lot of these ball players, man, some of these dudes, they're really fashionable. And it's it's hard to be, you know, 6'10", and then, <laughs> right. you know, you, your, your your pants look right on you, your sneakers look right on you, wear size 14. And, you know, you would think it would look crazy. But a lot of these athletes, man, they really, they're really fashion, fashion forward. It's really dope to see a lot of these athletes really get fresh. Like, I like that. You still have to put in work to get sneakers? Like, actually try? Uh, certain pieces, certain ones, man, you know, like, uh, cause again, I don't chase nothing and I don't like to ask nobody for nothing, but you know, a lot of times it's some dudes that'll reach out to me via social media and they let me know that they work at sneaker boutiques. And if I ever need anything, let them know. Oh, so tough. I go that route. I, I, I haven't, I haven't gone the route of actually approaching Nike or, or Puma with, you know, directly. I just, I just kind of just lay in the back, man. And like I said, if I see something, I like it. I just go get it. I don't. I don't really play to reach out and try to get connected. Game like even though a lot of people telling me, "Man, you crazy. You you could get everything for free." And it's like you know, it's not even about that for me. Like I, if I see a piece and I like it, I just go get it. I've actually yeah, we've heard that from a couple people who we know who are influencers on Instagram or whatever. That you actually, if you want to be seated, you at some point you actually have to reach out, and they're more than willing to, you know, assuming you're the reach you have is great enough. You know, sometimes they're more than willing to give you something you never thought you would get. It's crazy. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Like I, you know, I, like I said, a few people have approached me about it 
But uh, I'm always I've always been one of those guys, man. Where I just you know I I don't like I don't like you know any handouts. I don't like anything you know just handed to me. Like you know if it's a relationship that I establish with somebody on a on a genuine level and they just happen to be connected in a place like Nike or Puma or something like that, then maybe we could do something. But just reaching out to somebody that I don't know, asking for something and all that, that's just, I've, I've never been that guy. Yeah, you know, we get a lot of people, you know, who, you know, and they're more of like, you know, people that are just starting out, you know, they, they uh, you know, hey, you know, they want to give us stuff or send us stuff here and there. You know, we're kind of the same way. And, you know, you have like these aspirations as a podcast to like, when we first, I'll admit, when we first started out, you know, one of the things was like, man, maybe we'll get a free pair of sneakers and stuff like that. And, you know, once you get right. so enthralled in podcasting, you realize how important your voice and platform is to where stuff like that just kind of seems minute mm-hmm. and you don't want to be that guy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't want to be that guy at all, man. I don't want nobody, you know. If I if I call their phone, I text their phone. They're like, "Oh, here he go. He wants something else." Like, <laughs> I don't ever want to be that guy in anybody's phone, man. So, again, you know, if people reach out and you know they want to do something to make something happen. Then, you know, I'll, I will I can look at that and, and maybe we can make something happen. But as of right now, like I said, anything that comes out that I see, it's a few uh, sneaker boutiques, a few people on Instagram that I deal with, and I just send them a picture of the sneakers, and I was like, "Yo, listen, I, I need these. Let me know." what it's going to cost me and and we go from there you know like uh, early on in like the podcast like when it like transitioned to like Park's house I believe you guys had like you know you guys would kind of joke around about Supreme and Keth and you know Hypebeast and stuff like that and you know you're probably in a more greater position than a lot of us and maybe some of our listeners to like you know be able I mean somebody who's saying they're looking for Tiffany Dunk Lowe's clearly is in a pretty good position to to be get their hands on those because those mm-hmm. are not cheap right now but like yeah to, right now right. is the wrong time to be copping SBs That's yeah like <laughs> being on the hunt right now for a Dunk SB right now is crazy because they have shot up ridiculously um, yeah, yeah, and but you know what it is. I, I that particular sneaker I always wanted, and I, for whatever reason, I just never. I was in Flight Club last summer, and I was gonna get them, and I just I didn't. I think I was going somewhere, so I didn't feel like carrying the bag, so I didn't get them. <laughs> but now it's like you know, I keep looking at them. I keep looking at them. I'm like, yo, I want these sneakers, man. I need these sneakers, so I'm gonna just get them. You know, you must be doing something right, because if you can make the decision, like, I'm not gonna buy Tiffany Dunks today because I don't feel like carrying the bag. <laughs> that's just, that's a pretty that's kind of dope. Yeah, I'm I'm because you know why? Because I'm one of those dudes. Like, if I'm going somewhere and I got a bag, I put that bag down and leave it. Then I'll be mad. I hate it. I've done that so many times. Where like, and anytime we've ever been to New York, one of the worst things, like, when you the very first first times you go to New York, like you have that envision of like cop and everything and walk around the streets with your bags and you feel like you know dope especially not a good idea not a good idea now i have been that person we, so well, well, hold on a second but we were in la you cop yeezy twos oh, and we will not leave them in the car you're right you made sure to carry the bag around well, so nobody was because, stealing out the car well because we are from california and we know the climate <laughs> of our side of the country you know but like i i, I do right, ha- right. I, I do have that fear of like carrying a bunch of bags i've done it before sat down and ate at a restaurant you know and, oh, left, yeah. and left the bags under the table and come back and them joints are gone that's one of the worst feelings ever all right um Gosh, yeah uh but one thing i was going to ask too is that um you know with well, like I said, going back to what you guys talk about, like, do you feel like sneakers and fashion and stuff like that are in a good place? Because at, at some point, it started to feel like really saturated and corny, and it's just getting the lifestyle is getting really expensive. 
Yeah, man. I, you know, I was just talking to one of my homeboys about this a couple of weeks ago. I was like, uh, you know, it's um, they, it's it's like it's almost like a slap in the face with these because it's like every week a dope sneaker is dropping, and I'm like, bro, do they know we in the middle of a pandemic? Like, <laughs> people don't want to keep. But it, but it's weird to me because I'm like, yeah, we're in a pandemic, but all of these sneakers are selling out. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like somebody's buying these sneakers. Somebody has money. So, you know, I, it's it's like if I'm a sneaker company, you know, I it's like, hey, listen, they, they're buying them. You know what I'm saying? It's not like these sneakers are sitting on the shelves. They're still selling out, even though we're in the middle of a pandemic. So, I mean, you know, why would they stop it? But a lot of the collabs that they've been doing, it's, it's, it's like almost like anybody could get a collab now. And that's the only thing I'm kind of concerned about with a few of these shoe companies because it's like, I don't think everybody should have their own shoe. You know what I mean? Like, if, if every athlete can't have a signature shoe, I don't know why this random person that just has, you know, however many followers on a social media account could have his own Nike. Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. And going back to what you said about, like, the shopping and sneakers selling out during quarantine, like, listening, I haven't listened to today's episode, but listening to Wednesday's episode of the Joe Bun Podcast, you guys are talking about, like, you know, Azalea Banks and other people on social media, like, showing real signs of, like, you know, mental anguish lately. And we've talked about it on this podcast where I honestly feel that, like, at least me personally and a lot of people I know, during this quarantine and pandemic, I have been buying a lot more and I had said that I think the buying is making us feel better yeah you know what for me it's it's actually the opposite man like I was you know I think we spoke about it on the show and I was like you know as a result of the quarantine and everything I realized that I'm I really spend more than I have to I really you know have more than enough like I don't even it's like a lot of the things I'm looking at, like I'm looking at trying to get rid of sneakers. I'm looking at trying to get rid of clothes. Like, because a lot of the things I look at, I'm like, I could have, you know, 300, 400 pair of sneakers. And I really, truly, honestly, only wear like consistently maybe 12 pair. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, what am I, what am I doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, I, I, I have all these Jordan ones and I really only wear like five of them. <laughs> We've been so, arguing you know about that on here. Like, I'm just, yeah, it's like this. Is, it just doesn't make any sense. Like when you sit back and especially with the quarantine, all you had had was time to really sit back and analyze. And I'm like, OK, now that I can't go nowhere, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at all of these sneakers and all of these clothes. And I'm like, I've never worn half of this stuff. Some of this stuff I've only worn once and I might not ever wear again. Like, why do I have all of this stuff just sitting here? You know, what I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. And, and I say that. And I just bought three pairs of sneakers two days ago. So it's like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, I, it, it just it's just. It's just crazy, man. Like it's just I think I think we're just creatures of habit and I think that we like to just have something just in case sometimes. Like just in case I go somewhere, let me have these sneakers available or I, I could wear these or in case these sneakers are like a classic sneaker two years from now, like I could say I have these already in my closet. Like it's just it's just weird, but a lot of things that, that we feel like we need, we really don't, man. Like it's just something to just say we have. And um I'm trying to get away from that. Like I'm trying to just that's why I said I don't really chase sneakers. I don't chase releases. I don't chase the hot, you know, the hot moment because I know that even the, the dunks, like the chunky dunkies, I wore those once. And I really honestly just thought a few days ago, like, I might not ever wear this sneaker again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. Honestly, I'm, no, I'm honestly, like, I really was looking at them like, I just don't know if I'll ever put this sneaker on again. I think it's a great shoe. I think it was, it's like a, a one of the shoes that people look at, like that was one of the, you know, the wildest collabs, but 
as far as wearing it, like actually putting it on, I don't think I just can't see if I'll ever wear that again. Well, what are, what are the, what three sneakers you just bought? Uh, I got the uh, the all silver ones. Oh, okay. The Japan's, the I Japan think they're Japan. Yeah. Uh, I got the satin ones. Oh, okay. okay. And um. We had an argument about that shoe. I think it's better than he thinks it is. I mean, to me, it's just a Chicago one that's slightly changed. Like, I've heard so many people say it's trash. It's like, it's just is. You know what I mean? It just, it's not trash or fire. It's just a shoe. Uh, Yeah. It, I mean, as far as the colorway, yeah. But I think that, you know, I like the fact that the satin on the inside and the satin tongue, to me, just kind of makes it a little fly. And then, with the, you know, with the snakes going on the back, it's like you might... You might could throw those on if you're going on a nice, you know, to a nice restaurant for dinner. Like, that's just like a nice sneaker to throw on if you're going to one of those spots where you don't even, you know, you just tip the waiter $200 or something like that. <laughs> well, dang. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you look, hey, I get it. You know, Don't got, let Greg fool you. He's out here spending bags on stuff. He's so. lying. We have no money. <laughs> yeah, you got you to gotta drink. You got to drink. You got to make sure wherever you wear the satins, you got to be drinking wine that night. Yeah. What's crazy is that like you know you talk about like the sneakers and stuff like that like the spending money because I, I think personally for myself I just enjoy knowing lately with the quarantine well, but like, it's not we, even sneakers though there's the thing you posted today trading cards crazy right now hats crazy, crazy it makes right no now. sense and and like I said I think people camping for hats people were camping at Walmart for basketball cards I didn't even know basketball me and you had a talk this morning about a, a Mickey Mantle card I don't understand anything anymore now with me personally i enjoy having five tracking numbers in my phone <laughs> to see where it's coming at like i do because it does sometimes make me feel better and i am still in the mindset arizona's been one of the worst hits i mean obviously new york was really bad but arizona has been the worst with the pandemic um as of like the few months and i'm still in the mindset that like let me build up this stuff and keep what's first of all you feel like you have to buy everything because like you said, it does sell out, but I feel like I'm saving it for something grander once this is all over. Right. Yeah, it's like, you, you, I'm telling you, you're going to sit back and you're going to have that moment where you'll be like, yo, I absolutely spent all of this money for no reason. And with like the price of sneakers, you have more than you need. Trust me, you have way more than you need. Way like, more than you need. Like my sister-in-law, she, uh, you know, she loves buying Gucci and all these super duper expensive ones. And it's funny because she's like, "Oh yeah, these ones were like five fifty And I'm like, "Oh yeah, so were these Air Max ones? These were <laughs> these were you know four eighty. You know, I had to <laughs> I had to pay for it. And right. that's where we've gotten right now. Um, do you see like any? You know, I'm sorry. There's another question I want to ask you. And this is a music related question real quick i had a discussion with some friends this morning and i said oh man this would be great having you know maul on the podcast today um i have a friend los you know he has his own podcast called the bread and butter talks music and sneakers and i have another sneaker podcast which is actually based in new york soul searching and we we're talking about music and we were talking about dave east right and i was saying you don't gotta you know have any judgment on the music or not because i don't know if you know him personally or anything like that but I had said that, like, I think we get caught up in, like, really liking somebody so much that we think we like their music. Do you kind of agree with that a little bit? Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, especially it's, it's a lot of people that, you know, you root for just because you like them as a person. I mean, you may not really like their music and their music doesn't have much replay value and things like that. But because you like the person. You know what I mean? It's right. like, 
like you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna root for this person I'm gonna I hope you know I want them to have the number one album in the country but I don't know if I'll ever you know play it and, and listen to it in the car or play it when you know company comes over it's like it's not that type of type of music that you want but you know you like the person same thing with athletes a lot of these athletes you like them but you'll never buy their signature shoe you know what I'm saying it's the same right. thing like you like the you oh, like the you like point. the artist but you probably won't ever stream their their music because you just like it's not for me i don't really like their music but i think it's you know the, he's a dope person uh you know he i like what he stands for I like what he represents I, I like his story where he comes from but the the actual art and, and the way he creates is just not for you and not it's nothing wrong with it's subjective music is a matter of opinion right and you know a lot of the times I have these conversations with people and they're like, damn man, but why you was shitting on? I'm like, hey, I'm not shitting on the person. I don't, a lot of these people, I don't know personally. And, and like I said, when I'm on the show, my, my, my intent is never to disrespect anybody or, you know, offend anybody. It's like, if you ask me if I, I like this record and I don't, I'm going to tell you, I don't like it's, it has nothing to do with the artist. It's, I don't know. It's not a personal attack. It's, you know, I listen to this album. I listen to this record. It wasn't really for me. I wasn't really feeling it, but you know, Again, I like this person. I think the person is is a great person. I like it, what they stand for. But the music is just not for you, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know what? That's a good point that you just made because with LeBron, so like there's there was this large block of time where like nobody was wearing any basketball sneakers anymore, and like we kind of talked about, a LeBron sneaker is clearly built for a man that's six eight, two hundred eighty pounds. You know, it's it's a it's essentially a a construction boot like it's a big shoe okay right so like right. when you know you see like lebron right now like how how socially conscious he is how he's opened up the school in ohio how he does so many things i had said that i will always buy a lebron sneaker every single year from now on even if i wear it or not because i like him and what he does and i want to support him where i can i know and i think i hope and i feel that if i buy his sneaker that some of that money does go to some of the great things that he does. Yeah, I'm 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 the same way. I probably own only one pair of LeBrons. I think it's a pair of South Beaches that I have. Uh I never like for whatever reason, like you said, it's, it's just a bulky shoe. Right. You can't really get fresh with uh you can't really get fresh with those sneakers. It's just it's kind of just too big and bulky. <laughs> but again, I I love LeBron. It's, you know, it's a it's an ongoing thing online where everybody thinks I hate LeBron. I don't like LeBron because I don't think <laughs> He's better than Kobe. Can Mike, you get but, jiggy you know, with them shits? Or like, what? I laugh at that. Like, just because I don't think he's better than Mike or Kobe doesn't mean that I don't like him. I just don't think he's better than those two guys. But I love LeBron. I love everything he stands for. I love, you know, his business model. I love the way he, he, he put his childhood friends on and put them in position of power. And, uh, you know, I, I got to salute that. You know, any anytime a black man does that, you know, I'm, I'm always rooting for them. But as far as the sneaker... I only own one pair of LeBrons, you know what I mean? But I love him. I love everything he stands for. I love his story. I love what he's about. I love how he gives back. I love his, you know, his his the way he plays. Like, he's one of the greatest ever. I love him. But his sneaker, not so much. So you brought up Kobe. So that's a good segue just real quick to the, to the NBA knowledge that you have because I know you have a lot of insight. So you moved to the West Coast. Was it – basketball related or you were doing something in LA job related or what was your move to the West Coast first yeah I was back and forth a lot working with one of my homeboys at the time he was in the, he was in the league so you know we would move around a lot in this, and we would spend every summer in LA um so that that was that's why I spent a lot of my summers uh out west 
And and uh, it, as far as the NBA goes, did you ever have any connects in the league as far as like working with the league, or you just had like a personal friend who was a player and kind of was helped him out? Oh uh, yeah, nah, just a few. Yeah, nah, never never worked directly with the NBA. Just a few of my homeboys, uh, you know, played in the league and still in the league. So you know, it's a close knit it's a close knit circle. The NBA, the uh, the players, it's it's it's, a, it's only a small group. So you know, if you know. If you know ten players personally, you really know two hundred. You know, what I mean, that's how small the NBA is. So, it was a thing of that. It was never really nothing working with the NBA. Although, I, you know, I would, I would have loved to have some type of, you know, job working with the NBA. I, I think they really need to tap into that type of department where they, you know, they hire young creatives as far as marketing and things like that, because they're so tapped into our culture, and I think it just makes sense. But um, yeah, no, it's just strictly just homeboys that played in the league that I was a. Uh, Helping and working with on a personal level, they that well. Let me so. say this first: they definitely sports leagues in general have definitely started stepping up their social media presence in terms of hiring creative, funny people or whatever to run their social accounts because these team accounts now like going back and forth, flaming each other. You never would have seen that even like last year, two years ago on social media. So I think they're starting to kind of gr- grow that a little bit where they start hiring creative people to work in those jobs because they know, you know, the eyeballs are on them on social media. Listen, everything cool has to come through us. And, you know, that's the thing that these, these you know, and I and I, I, I want I mean that on every level. You know, what I mean, I don't care if it's just the NBA or Anything that you're trying to sell a market to the world has to come through our culture. We make everything cool. It's not cool unless we say it's cool. That's true. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about, you just brought it up a little bit, is you said that NBA is close-knit now. And the thing that, for me, not recently, but like we'll say 10 years ago, I was working like kind of like a side hustle with um, people following AAU hoops. So I've always been following recruiting closely, and that's something that – all these players have like text threads with each other in high school. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. The casual fan is, the, you you might have someone who grew up in St. Louis and someone who grew up in L.A. and someone in New York, and they best friends from AAU travel ball, whatever else. And so when they get to the league, mm-hmm. they might be playing against each other in the same division four games a, a season and be rivals. But after the game, they go to dinner. They're best friends or whatever. It's crazy how tight knit the league is, like you say. And oh, that, yeah. that didn't happen 25, dudes, 30 years you know, ago. Yeah, like even even a lot of these dudes now, you look at like uh like a John Morant and Zion, you know, they these these dudes grew up together, like literally. And to now see them, you know, on the NBA level doing what they're doing, you know, it just shows you that there's a uh there's a thing that's happening now where a lot of these kids coming from the same neighborhoods and you know, that they, they're really making it. You know what I'm saying? Like they're really like deciding early like yo listen we're gonna do this like we're really gonna push this all the way we're gonna push each other and we're gonna stay on top of each other make sure that we we both achieve our goals and achieve our dreams i think it's dope man i think it's you know it just shows that you know together you know we can achieve more you know what i'm saying like we can you know if you if it's like still sharp and still if we both play ball we from the hood and you know we have this dream of yo we're gonna push each other and we're gonna make sure we stay on the right track we're not gonna get sidetracked and end up doing nothing stupid to derail our dreams you know, I think it's dope that a lot of these young kids are sticking together. I just think that, you know, sometimes I'm a little fed up with a lot of these Instagram pages that like to put these highlight clips together of some of these kids because sometimes <laughs> it gives you a false sense of who these kids are. No, no honestly, like, it gives you a false sense. Like, I, 
I follow a lot of these Instagram, you know, basketball pages and, you know, see a lot of these young kids hooping. And I'm like, like, damn, like, this kid is nice. Like, you know, he's showing all these highlights. And then, you know, you start digging deeper and you go look into what he did during his season in high school and he only averaged six points. So it's like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm getting a false sense. Like, I thought this kid was really good. He jumping out the gym and, you know, he's spinning off the defender and looking the other way and passing by. He's doing all of this, but then you go look at his numbers and he only averages six points. You know, well, so one of the things we were talking about the other day is just how all these new social, and maybe they're not new, but the newest thing on social media is using that eyes emoji. Anytime something, they think something fire happens, a spin move or dribble through the legs or whatever. Like, what was the one we were talking about the other day? It's like a, it was like an eight-year-old. Yeah. I'm like, man, stop putting making this corny content that like you only doing to get clicks and yeah. likes. Like that it's, player is not, it's, he's yeah. eight years old. I feel you. No, trust me. I understand. I understand what you mean. Like I got caught up in it. And I, you know, a lot of the kids that I saw with these highlight clips. But like I tell, I tell people, you know, I've never seen anybody look bad on a highlight clip. That's not what it's for. <laughs> it's supposed to make you look good. You know, yeah, it's supposed to make you look good. It's just that I really grew up, you know, around basketball in the inner city in New York. Like I really, you know, I just it, it just breaks my heart that a lot of the, the the dudes that I grew up with in high school that were really good they didn't have these platforms, you know what I mean? Like to really yeah. get them out there and get their talents out there. But, you know, it's a different era and I understand it. You know, I, I like the fact that these kids have something to, to look forward to. And, you know, even if it's a highlight clip that then they go viral for the week and now they're the, they're the man on their, on their, on their, on their block. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's fun. You know what I'm saying? It's a moment. I just know not to get caught up in it too much because, Half of the time, a lot of these kids are not really that good. Yeah, you know, and I, I think that's like that with social media and influence, like on your guys' podcast, you guys, you know, Joe, Rory, you, Parks, you guys give out a lot of like unintentional. Well, you guys are like you give out this advice that a lot of people might not catch and pick up when it comes to like music or, 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 or how to carry yourself or things like that and things and ideas you guys have. And, you know, I don't know if it's like reciprocated or like, you know, you guys are reached out to by companies or anything like that. But like a lot of the times, like you said, like, you know, social media and everything like that, it gives this like false sense of like something that really isn't happening. And it goes like with sneakers and stuff like that, too, as well. Like, you know, we've had a discussion about Travis and uh, Travis Scott and, and Nike and Dunk SBs like he wears one and it shifts <laughs> on, by thousands of dollars on a price of a sneaker and i always worry that like the people that are making these shifts are the ones who probably shouldn't be spending a thousand dollars on a sneaker now you buy right. it it makes you dope and like you said with like a highlight clip like i had posted this kid this kid was doing first of all every every dribble move and it was a layup yes yeah. <laughs> it ended with a layup every single dribble move he did was illegal like it none of that would have fly like whatsoever but <laughs> it could give him the opportunity to get a look somewhere or whatever the case may be. Do you worry that like with social media and sometimes even podcasts and influence, it could steer and direct people in the wrong direction? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But see, the one thing about, you know, sports is I don't care how many viral clips you have and how many followers you have on social media and all of this. Like when you when you get on that court, you know, if you don't if you if you don't perform like like you like like people think you can, you know, it it'll humble you. You know, a lot of these kids they, they they walk into these AAU tournaments and they have all these followers and all of this and they you know, a couple of their games went viral and then but it's like, yeah, but if you come out here and 
you know, now it's a target on you because now these other other kids are looking at oh, you like, yeah. oh, yeah, he went viral for this dunk or, you know, this <laughs> crossover, whatever. <laughs> but it's like now you got to come out here and play me. So now we're going to see if you really about all of that, 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 that viral clip. You know what I mean? And again, I, you know, people got to be careful because I tell people all the time, social media is only real for four seconds. You know what I'm saying? Right. And after that, it's like, it's, it's not real. You know what I mean? And people aspire to, to go viral. And, you know, I'm telling people like, you know, you need to worry about going viral in real life, not just on social media. Do something to impact your community. You know what I'm saying? You can start on the small scale. Just yeah. do something to impact your community. You know what I mean? Like, put trash cans outside the building so the homies don't be throwing garbage on the floor. You know what I'm saying? Like, just little things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, helping older people, you know, with their groceries or helping, you know, helping somebody, uh, you know, up the stairs with uh, some heavy bags and stuff like that. Like, just do things like that. Do real things, man. Like, everybody living to, you know, go viral and be on social media. And it's not real, man. You got to do things in your community and, and, and for your people first. You So that's a good point because there are, uh, just knowing the travel ball circuit, there are a lot of dogs out there who will get you if you have the rep and you don't show up that day. And you can see it in the NBA. Look at C.J. McCollum. CJ McCollum had zero hype coming out of high school. And I mean, look at him now. Ball. Right. And I, and you can name right. 10, 15 guys like that. You know what I mean? Uh, you know what? Then I'm going to ask you that too. Since I mean, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You said, uh, you said CJ. Shit, look at Dane. Dane didn't really have a lot of hype coming Yeah, out he went school. to Weber State. Well, so, right. so I went to a school that was in the same conference, the Big Sky Conference. So I've been watching Dane since he was like a freshman in college. So. Anytime someone talks right. about Dame, it, I, and he's from Oakland, I'm from California, he's a Raider fan, I'm a Raider fan. So there's like almost a personal feeling for me. At the same time, I had an argument the other day about him and Curry. Like, he's not on Curry's level, at least for a, for a career. Um, but I love Dame. You, right. I'm the biggest Dame, like outside of Portland fans, I'm a, love I'm a big Dame fan. And, you know, you guys had Dame on the podcast, you know, and... You know, Dame is one of them cats that, like, I feel like it's really rare to see somebody like Dame who, I mean, I feel like Dame is Dame all the time. He keeps it real 100% of yeah. the time. A lot well, of he's people. He's from Oakland. So he's yeah. from Oakland. Like, yeah, you know, and I'm from the Bay Area as well. And, like, you know, him having the zero on his jersey, people think that's a zero. No, it's a, it's, he, he has it for an O for Oakland. But I will ask you this as a Laker fan, and I support the Lakers a lot because I am from California, but I really don't have an NBA team. Uh, how many? Well, wait, how, before, wait, wait, wait. Okay, I was gonna say I before gonna we before you remember your question because I was gonna ask actually how the Laker fandom started. I think we got to talk about that first before you ask an actual Laker question. Oh, okay, well you know what? How many or g- together? Well, okay, fine. How did you become such a big Laker fan, being from New York? Oh uh, man, for me it was um it, it was magic. You know, it was it was Magic Johnson growing up. Uh, you know, I was never I was never super athletic. A lot of a lot of my game when I played basketball, well, all of my game was below the rim. So, I yeah, like I, I was I, I always like making the the good pass, like the pretty pass, or yeah, you know, yeah, making yeah. an open shot. Like I was never, you know, yeah, it wasn't gonna be too many posters for me growing up. So right. it was it was magic. It was that style of basketball. It was exciting. Then being from New York. Uh, you know the point guard position in New York is like the golden golden Legends. position. Like and we, we produce a lot of a lot of talented point guards out of the city, and um, so Magic was it for me. And then uh, you know, and then and then it was Kobe after Magic. You know what I mean for me? Um, it was Mike too. You know, with the Bulls, obviously you had to be. If you, you're not a fan of basketball, if you grew up in the '90s, wasn't a fan of Jordan. Yeah, right. But um, yeah, it was it was Magic and and, and Mike for me growing up, man. So the Laker thing, like I tell people, like I'm not a 
a bandwagon Laker fan. Like we had our years of 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 being doormats, man. Like yeah, we had in our the years. Playoffs, in what like, ten years you know, or eight years or something? It was tough for us. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, I, I, I was, I will tell you this and like whoever you do have the opportunity to ask as a Laker fan, I, I would, I would probably suggest you hit up your contacts and ask for, for Kobe's this month because Kobe's that are coming out this month are going to be, I'm talking hot commodities. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll have them for sure. Yeah. I'm no. a huge Kobe fan. Um Well you're probably you also know, an undefeated but, you know, guy, I would imagine, since you've been in on the West Coast so much. Undefeated is big time on the West Coast, so Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 in tune with undefeated. Um but yeah, I just just Kobe, man. You know, anything Kobe for me, I'm in. You can count me in on it. So how many games does it take for the Blazers to beat the Lakers? <laughs> man, uh <laughs> I was texting Dame uh, a few days ago, um, and I was just telling him, I'm like, yo, man, you know, you know, we rooting for you. Like, I, you know, we need that. Uh, I need that Lakers uh, Portland matchup. And um, I spoke to my boy Trevor Trevor Reza. I was kind of mad at him because he didn't go to the bubble. You know, family, he had family, right? Family things to take care of, which I, I totally understand. But you know, I was telling him, I was like, you know. You know, y'all had something special. Like it could have been real special. But again, I still think the the, the Blazers are in position. I just it's just hard for me to uh, to count out LeBron and AD. I I just think that um I don't know. It's going seven games. I, I feel like it's going to go seven games. Really? Uh, it will. Yeah, I, I feel like the I feel like I see I don't know like what it is with that. Go ahead, in go that ahead. bubble, man. But I just feel like when you, if you're uh-huh. a shooter in that bubble. <laughs> I think that gym just feels like you working out. I don't think it feels like a real game. It feels like more like a workout. Like you, you can just go in there and just roll the ball out and just go get a bucket. You they, know what I mean? And that's they, why I was kind of upset about uh, Jamal Crawford getting hurt because he was somebody I thought was going to really thrive in the bubble with Brooklyn. His style of play, his game is like it's designed for this type of game where you can just get up and down and go get a bucket. And I don't think the Lakers have – I don't think they have enough uh, – Enough outside shooters, man. I don't think they they have enough shooters to, you know. If you're asking me to rely on Danny Green, and Danny Green has made some tough shots in the playoffs. He's a champion with the Raptors, right? But I don't think that he can he can knock down shots consistently enough to, you know, with with with, with CJ and Dame and Gary Trent now making all the shots. And I think you know, I think Melo now is a uh, he's. I think he feels like he has something to prove this year in the playoffs. <laughs> so I think he's. I think he's going to show up big for the Blazers, man. I think he's going to show up really big for the Blazers. It's going to be interesting, man. Like I said, I I got it going seven. It's hard for me to go against LeBron. Maybe I'm a Lakers fan, but I'm a realist. Um, I just don't believe in the Lakers bench enough. Um, Mm -hmm. I think they have a lot of holes in their their roster. You know, obviously LeBron AD is, you know, if you could start a franchise and build it around those two, you're in in good shape. But I think they're just going to run into a team – you They're have, gonna run into a scrappy Blazers team that's just hungry, man. So it's gonna be a dog fight. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be interesting. I got it going seven. Um, I don't know, man. I, I can't pick a winner, but I got it's going seven games, and we just gonna have to see. You. So you were talking about the Lakers having holes in the roster, and I was just gonna make a joke. It's not gonna be funny now because it's too late. But they <laughs> they have they definitely have two holes on the roster, and it's black holes, and it's Deion Waiters and, uh, and Jr. Yeah, Smith. Jr. Smith. Them cats, boy, when they got yeah. in the bubble, woo! Yeah. And see, yeah, man, I, I just 
You know what, man? I, and again, I'm happy Jr. got picked up because I, I do think. He, oh, everyone he loves him. There's no doubt about left. that. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, I think he has game left. He deserves to be on the NBA roster, oh, of course, as, as well as Deion Waiters. I just don't think that they had enough time to gel no. and really click with this team. Um, so I think that's going to hurt them. Lo- well, uh, losing and again, man, the Blazers. Dame Lillard. He Dame is on a. He's out to prove something, man. <laughs> you know, and it's dangerous when somebody. That's the 2K cover athlete feels like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, but for yeah, this, that's dangerous, man. Like, because that, that goes to show you that he's not, you know, he, he, he's showing us that, okay, y'all want me to turn it up on another notch? I can, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's exactly what he's doing. Well, here, here's the thing with Sam, like, he, with, we talked about with like me and George was talking about on the, uh, on the last episode of our podcast, we talked about sports and I said, it's really difficult for a team like the Lakers because the Lakers are the Lakers. They're called Showtime for a reason and they feed off a crowd. This bubble is showing, mm-hmm. it's showing basketball. Dame, 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 Dame. Pump the brakes, pump the brakes. The bubble meant nothing for the Lakers. They no, already knew uh, they were going to be the yes, ones. you're right. They knew that, but still, you can you're tell. You're going to see a different team, trust LeBron's me. energy is feeding off the crowd. When they originally said that you're not wrong, but the bubble didn't count. I'm just telling I, you. I'm saying it matters because it's a variable. Because when they originally said that they were going to possibly play without fans, LeBron was the very first person to say, I'm not playing at first when he said that. Oh, yeah, the first he day. He feeds yeah. off that. Now, somebody right. like the Blazers and somebody but like also, and he Mello, knows better that he knows that. It's not only that that uh, about the feeding out the fans thing. It's about LeBron's been he's a elder statesman. He's been in the league so long now that he knows you're in an entertainment entertainment industry. It's fun just being an NBA player and having fans there. Not even just feeding oh, out the energy, course. but like he knows people come to the game to see him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. and he almost it's to me it seemed like he felt bad that fans couldn't show up. Oh yeah, yeah. Now them being able to allow family and kids and stuff like that to the playoffs right now is is phenomenal. But like I look at teams like the Blazers, Dame doesn't care who's there. He's gonna prove he he cares about us. The per, the stranger that's on the internet saying Dame isn't that good. <laughs> Dame will go out there and score sixty just because a a complete stranger in Wyoming said Dame isn't that Fam, good. Do you remember Melo? Wait, wait, do you remember Mello? Dame's performance against? Against the Lakers on Kobe night. That, that that's one reason why I said the game is going to go to seven because Dame went into LA on that. Kobe night. I remember night. where I watched that game. Yeah, hey, I was in up at the cabin. Dame went into LA on Kobe night and slapped the Lakers around. Now you can say the Lakers were having a hard time emotionally and stuff like that. You can, but oh like, yeah, it was but, not. It wasn't happening that right. Night for now them. somebody like Melo. Melo has been under a lot of pressure the last few years just to get back into the league and stuff like that. Pressure to perform in front of like New York. Pressure to just perform. Period. He has nothing to lose. Now, Melo is out there shooting the ball <laughs> and playing just playing basketball. I am I am so worried about the Lakers. It's not even fun. Like, the Lakers are in a serious and trouble. I mean, they the Blazers balled out. That game today was everything we expected. I know you watched that game, all. Yeah, I said, I said, I've been saying, I've been saying the Lakers are in trouble for like a week now and everybody keeps cursing me out, telling me I don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. But I, you know, again, everything y'all saying is stuff, you know, I look at you know, when I, I tweet things and I think people think that I'm talking about what's going on at the moment and they don't realize that I've been watching this Blazers team all year. And like you said, they went into uh, the Staples Center Kobe night, rest in peace. And, you know, what Dane did that night, that let me know, you know, that if the Lakers had to meet this team in the playoffs, this wasn't going to be easy for this Lakers team. And that's when I say the Lakers are in trouble. It was because it was starting to look like, OK, the Blazers are going to get that AC. And they're going to have to play the Lakers. And Dame is not 
you know, he's not scared of nobody. And, you know, this team, I feel like this team, it's just something about them looking at them out there. They they believe that they, they're they better than the number eight seed and that they, they, they probably are. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they're, they're the eight seed, but they're not an eight seed team. And I think that's what people are getting confused. They think that the Lakers are playing the AC team, and it's like, no, they're playing a team that's the AC, but they're not an AC team. And see, well, well, hold on a second. I just wanted to add this earlier. We were ta- you were talking about the the bubble being the the maybe the crux for the Lakers. I think the biggest issue for them is they ended up getting Portland, and Avery Bradley's not on the team anymore because he opted out, which I'm totally fine with. If someone is worried about their health, yeah. they're the only person who can be concerned about their health. No one else can. Like, right. I'm a big Dodger right. fan. David Price, they just got in the Mookie Best trade. He opted out. I, I, tweeted, I tweeted, I'm 100% fine. You're worried about yourself and your family. I get it. But I think losing Avery Bradley when he's the best wing defender in the league and you playing Dame, that's going to be the problem, not the bubble. They're going to have yeah, to Yeah, it's... Um, I was completely wrong because, uh, you know, when the, when the bubble first came about, you know, I was saying that, you know, I thought LeBron was going to do everything that Dame is doing. I said, you know, right. LeBron in the bubble, no fans. He can just go out there hoop. It's like he's in the gym working out. You know, I thought everything that Dame is doing is what I thought LeBron was going to do. But I think and, you're um, going to see that now, though. I think he didn't care because they didn't need to. They knew they were going to be the one seed. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but no, I see. I can't. I can't. You see, it can't. A lot of people saying that too, and I'm just like, you know, they have to care. Not so much about seeding, but it's like, you know, we had some time off. That's so like we that's have to go thing. out here and we have to go out here and gel. We have to go out here and you know communicate and play well, and we have to get get in playoff form quick. We only have you know, however many games before the playoffs, so we need to take each one of these games seriously and get back in, you know, game shape because, you know, during the quarantine, everybody was away and they kind of had their own personal trainers and, right. you know, LeBron is always going, he's always going to be physically in shape, but now you're talking about the team being the rhythm, the timing, uh, you know, and just, and then everybody being in the right spots. It's like, that's what you have to worry about. Then you have new pieces that you have to get accustomed to. Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith. You have pieces that are out. Avery Bradley, uh, you know, Rondo. So it's like, it's a lot of adjustments. So when players say, oh, when, I mean, when people say, oh, the Lakers not worried about it, they got the number one seed locked. And I'm trying to tell you, it's not about that. It's about getting that chemistry back because you only have a certain amount of games before the, the, the playoffs. And now when you look at a team like Portland, they have all their chemistry clicking right now. <laughs> and that's why... Okay, I mean, I can buy that argument. Yeah, and that's why, like, see, that's the, that's the thing with LeBron. Like, LeBron is the only athlete that I could say 100% during the quarantine I still saw working out fully. Not to say nobody else was, but, like, we see how hard LeBron works. So I was like, oh, man, he about to show. <laughs> Y'all might have been relaxed and laid up, but I haven't been. And he hasn't shown that. But, like, like I said, it, it, it could be a new game. It could not be. But Dame is... Is, is something different, and I'm glad he's getting that notoriety and that look. Uh, who do you think is coming out the East? I love Dame, man. I, I love Dame. Huh? Love him. Who Who do you think coming out the East? Man, uh, the East. Um, it's it's tough, man. I I like Milwaukee, um, but Toronto, man. They they still got Kawhi's DNA over there, so. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, like I, I tell people all the time, like you know that to me that's why Kawhi is arguably the best player in the NBA. Uh, you know, he won he won a championship on his rehab year with a team he didn't even want to play for. Well, you know what I'm saying so. It's like when you do when you do that, it's like all right, you know. And and a lot I don't think a lot of people know 
he has the highest winning percentage of any player in NBA history right now. So, you know, it's it's a lot of things, man. I, you know, I, I got Milwaukee, but Toronto's going to be right there. And my dark horse in the East, Kimball with some shooters and scorers around him is going to be tough to beat. I got my Boston's going to be tough. I like Tatum. And I, I need people to start speaking about Jalen Brown as much as they speak about Jason Tatum, too. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why people... People, people like to leave Jalen Brown out of that conversation when they talk about Boston. He's one of the best. Uh, to me, he might be the most underrated player in the NBA. I think, well, I think the reason is the one playoffs, I don't know if it was rookie or the next year, he put it together in that playoff run where they, I think they took Cleveland to seven yeah. games or six games or whatever. Eastern Conference, Eastern, Eastern, I can't even speak. Mm-hmm. Eastern, Eastern Conference Finals, good Lord. And then the next regular mm-hmm. season, everyone expected him to go to the next level, and he a, didn't. He didn't have a good season. Yes. I think that was two years ago. Yeah. So I think that's why people yeah. kind of jumped off the bandwagon a little bit. But you're right. I remember watching him in college at Cal. Like, you know, we're West Coast guys, so I watch a Pac-12, the Pac-12 a lot. So the theme, mm-hmm. with, the theme with Miami is, I mean, not Miami. with, uh, And I have Miami coming out. I think that's my I surprised team to come out. And, or the Raptors, you know, but I love you Miami. You have Miami coming out of the East? I do. Miami is a really good team who hasn't changed one bit since going back in the bubble. They have been consistent, worked hard, and they have every single piece that you would want on a team. They got some shooters. They got Jimmy Butler. They got a great rookie. They got a great center. They have all the tools, and people are overlooking them. Like, I think people need to pay attention to them. Um, well, the, so hold on. Just I to— just don't think they can beat uh, Milwaukee or uh, Toronto four times. I don't know. Let me just piggyback on something that Maul said uh, like a couple minutes ago, but he was talking about uh, Toronto still having that Kawhi energy. You want to talk about, like I was mentioning earlier, dogs in basketball where they're not highly rated and then they come out and eat you up. That team, oh, yeah. 100% is a dog. I mean, they their entire roster is like guys who were under the radar. What team is this? Toronto. Toronto. They have no – I mean, I can't think of one guy on oh, yeah. the roster. I mean, I guess if you go far enough down, like Stanley Johnson was like a top five college or high school recruit coming out. But, like, their main yeah. players, none of them That's are – young boy. Oh, I love Stanley. He went to Arizona, so. Like, yeah. the Raptors are proof that, like, you know, I, I really put, give a lot of to nurse the coach. Like, I, I talk about those teams all the time. Like, I believe in coaching, and I believe in, like, players who listen to the coach. These are a lot of players on the Raptors are people that, like, okay, I'm going to listen to you, and I'm going to take your lead and keep going. And that's what they're doing. Uh, one of the issues I have with the Celtics is, like, the Celtics have never not had a star star. Like, Tatum and Kimba are stars, but, like, they're not they're really quiet stars. You know what I mean? Like the Celtics just kind of seem like they're just under the radar. Like they just kind of there. I I keep forgetting how good they are. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, I don't know, man. I just, again, man, the the East is, it's, it's up in the air. It's, 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 cause I'm thinking about Miami now and, um, they do have a good team. Again, I don't know if, it could beat Toronto or Milwaukee four times. I to see you know with Philadelphia, man. You know with Ben going down, that 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 was just tough because I I really thought that they this was going to be the the opportunity to kind of get to the Eastern Conference Finals again and um possibly you know go to seven games. But yeah. with Ben not there, that that's that's pretty much over with. Um, you know, I was going to ask you to, uh, you know, is there anything in going back to sneakers, you know, whatever I was going to ask you, is there anything like you, you're kind of looking forward to like, or is it just like you said, you see it, you love it, you buy it. 
anything I'm looking forward to? Um, not really, man. I, I again, I'm 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 more interested to see uh to see what what's the next as far as current players. Who's gonna have the next iconic shoe? I think that's what I'm looking forward to right now. Like I want to see which one of these players that have a signature shoe is gonna create and design the shoe that is the next like okay this is a this is a classic you know what I mean um because right now it's, it's just like players are just putting out their signature shoes but it just feels like uh it's no real feeling of art to it to me like with a lot of these sneakers it's just like it's another sneaker and you know here take it if not whatever like it's nothing that says <laughs> this is going to be something that you know uh, uh another player that's coming up he's going to wear this shoe one day and you know what I mean? People are like, oh, like, damn, I remember when that shoe first came out. Like, I, I haven't I haven't seen that type of sneaker yet. Um, So, yeah, I, I, want, I want to see one of these new young young players, man. I want to see them, you know, even get on the creating side and, and design their own shoe, design something that's, that's timeless. Like, a lot of these sneakers now are just moments. You know, it's just like, just for right now, it's nothing that's, that's a timeless sneaker. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm looking for that timeless, like, the penny penny hardaways is timeless you know what i mean like he right. plays to this day wearing pennies um obviously the jordans um you know what i mean it's like it's a lot of sneakers that i'm just looking at like okay that's cool for the moment but i don't know if any players are going to want to you know that's that's in elementary or high school right now going to come to the league and want to wear that sneaker like it's i don't see i don't see any of those really i thought at one point um i think i think i think uh who was it it wasn't Paul George. It was somebody that had one sneaker that I thought was pretty fly, but that kind of came and went. But um, yeah, I'm just I just want one of these new players to just create a classic shoe, man. Create create something that's iconic. Create something that lasts more than you know two seasons. Like I want to see something like that. What did you think of uh, Cole's shoe? I know it's a Puma, and a lot of people don't you know don't ain't on the Puma bandwagon and whatnot. We all are in consensus here that it's fire. Oh yeah, with J Cole, I mean. Oh yeah, I got the uh, I got the J Cole sneaker. Um, it's it's really comfortable, um, like a really really comfortable. I can't I still can't believe that's a basketball sneaker, but <laughs> it's super comfortable. Um, you think it's too uh, you think it's you too know, low for a basketball I, shoe or? You said what? Yeah, I said you th- you think it's too low for a basketball shoe or what's your what's what what did you mean when you said you're surprised? As a, nah, as a basketball I don't think shoe? it's I don't think it's too low, man. I think you know. I remember Steve Nash saying a few years ago, you know, he plays soccer and they do more cutting side to side than any sport and they wear sneakers. They wear cleats that are lower than those. So yeah. it doesn't really have, it's not really about it being a low shoe because that that, that doesn't really matter anymore. Um, I just think that it's a, uh, it's just interesting to see J. Cole have a, a, a shoe. Thank you know what I mean? I, I don't think any of us ever looked at J. Cole for fashion. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? You're right. I, I mean, nobody ever has. I mean, I love, I love J. Yeah, like I love J. Cole, but I never cared about what was on his feet or, you know, like never. I never looked at him and said, oh, this is, you know, I want to, I like the way he put that outfit together. I love J. Cole, but <laughs> his image, Cole. he doesn't really, I, I think in fact he goes against that. He doesn't really care about his image, you know well, what I'm see, saying? He, that's he's also about his art and what he's creating and letting that speak for him. But um, I think it's dope that Cole got a sneaker, you know what I mean? To me, that was like, oh, okay, I, I didn't expect that. That came out of like left field, but they actually did a good job. Puma's really been... Puma's really been doing a good job with reinventing their uh their 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 shoe and their model, man. Um I think that what they're doing with the league, I know Kuzma is a Puma athlete now. Right. 
RJ Barrett in New York is a Puma athlete, I believe. Uh, so they got a few players that they're grabbing up that um they're trying to push this Puma basketball thing. But I think they're on to the right track. I, I like what they're doing. They're trying to they're still trying to keep the old Puma look, but just add some things to it to make it more durable and more athletic. Um, but I like it. I like what they're doing. I like what Puma's doing. You know, I had a quick question real quick because like you were talking about with J. Cole, like with J. Cole, same thing. You know, we like J. Cole. We like him. We like his music. We like, you know, he's never been boisterous or out there. I've never, ever in a million right. years, I've never thought, yo, <laughs> right. what is J. Cole rocking? This is the first time I ever right. seen, like, I see him when the sneaker, like, oh, them is fire. And the sneaker is fire. My, my issue right. with Puma and stuff is, is that, you know, I think they're advertising it way too much as a basketball sneaker with J. Cole. Like, I think, like, a lot of the advertising and stuff like that, he was, they showed him hooping. And I was like, okay, I, I get it, <laughs> you know, but I don't need to see J. Cole look like he's preparing to actually play basketball. But, like you were talking about. Have you seen the, um, <laughs> have you seen the cover of the, uh, the box? Have you seen the, uh, the art on the box? Yeah, well, so, I don't, you didn't buy it, right, Greg? No, no, I didn't okay, buy it. Okay, so I, I bought it. And he, Greg can tell you, I bought it on the release from Puma, and it didn't come with the Dreamer box. And I've been texting him literally a week straight, angry about why the regular release pair didn't come with the, and it's just the influencer pair got the Dreamer box. Yeah, I got the dream. It's just funny. I laughed at the box for like ten. They really tried to turn Cole into like the NBA logo. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I don't understand. Like. Okay. <laughs> They really got cold, like just his image and his dreads, like flying, like he's cutting, <laughs> cutting baseball on the dribble. Like it's just, I'm like, it's just crazy. And like, but I, you know, again, I love Cole, man. So right. I'm happy for him, but it's just funny, man, to see that Cole has a. He has a basketball shoe. It does, and, I, and I, you know, like you said, with, with Kuzma, like Kuzma had made that, you know, game-winning shot the other week, and he had shouted out J. Cole for the basketball sneaker, and I, I texted George, and I said, George, we got actual basketball players shouting out rappers for their basketball <laughs> sneaker. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, it's it's not crazy, how, man. It's not how it it's works. It's crazy. Now, it's a crazy time. Now, going back, time. going back to, like, what you said about, like, you've never looked at J. Cole that way, it's been rumored, and which George and I haven't talked about it yet, it's been rumored that Steph Curry with Under Armour is going to possibly have his own line, sort of like Jordan brand of sneakers. Now, I don't feel like Under Armour has done this phenomenal job with Curry sneaker within itself. Puma, alone, made, Puma made one shoe with Cole that was better than any shoe that Curry made. <laughs> I mean, right. I, like working for 10 years or whatever. So do you see somebody like an athlete, like a Curry, if any athlete whatsoever, which I think a lot of people would probably say LeBron, do you see any athlete playing now that could possibly have something that Jordan Brand built in the future. Oh, uh, man, that's tough. That's uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't. I think LeBron. Jordan, see, the thing about Jordan, like I, you know, I was looking at uh, you go back to the Last Dance, right? And you you just you you, you listen to what Nike's expectations were when they signed Jordan. It was like, yo, we just want to. We want to make three million dollars at the end of four years, and then in the first year they made one hundred and twenty-six million. Right. So it's like you know when you when you when you think about that for a second, and like the company itself only was looking forward to making three million dollars off of this shoe in four years, and in the first year they made one hundred and twenty-six million. I don't. Yeah. That doesn't happen if Mike isn't Mike. You know what I mean? Like if you go out there and he's just not playing well and he's not doing anything, like he doesn't. Those sneakers don't sell like that. Right. And I don't think that, you know, the, a lot of these players, you know, you talk about Steph Curry, you know, and what he was doing, it's just, it's still not, 
it's not a cultural thing. The Jordan sneaker was a cultural thing. Like they were in movies, you know, they seen a lot of actors were doing commercials with Mike, a lot of entertainers were doing commercials with Mike. I don't see a lot of that with these with these entertainers doing these these things with these athletes like and if they are they're not wearing the athlete sneaker they're just hanging out with them you know what i mean it's like it's not really like yo i have to have this shoe like nobody's running around saying they have to have the steph curry right and nobody's running around saying that they have to have the paul george or they have to have the Kyrie, or they have to have so it's you know i, I as of right now i mean you know curry he's a he's he's a winner he's a champion you know he's pro- probably arguably now in the conversation for greatest point guards of all time, it's like if he can't have that type of sneaker with all of the success on the court, I don't know if he'll ever have it. You know what I mean? Like, right. So it's just, um, I don't see it. I don't see it happening with any of these athletes anytime soon. I don't think that there are any athletes that, you know, are in a position to where they can have an impact on the culture the way, the way Jordan did. I just don't see it. I think that the Jordan point is a little bit, I'm, and they it, they talked about it during the um, what was the name of the documentary? I already Last forgot. Dance. Last Dance. So it was almost like a perfect storm. He signed with a you know Nike at that point was a brand new company. The only things they were doing was track and field. So it was a perfect mm-hmm. storm where he went to the Bulls. Their colors are black, red, and white, which is easy to make that shoe match with a million different things. And they made mm-hmm. they made. It was like perfect storm. It's hard to explain. You know what I mean? Like they made a shoe. It was that- a perfect storm, but it's also it's also a thing of it's again, it's a cultural moment. You know what I mean? Like what Mike did, he he literally he literally elevated the, the entire NBA. Right, 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 right. And I think that's part of you know it what I'm too. Is- so I, I don't think any of these athletes, none of these athletes are are bigger than the NBA when they come when they came in. Maybe right. LeBron, maybe. maybe. When LeBron came in, maybe, maybe you know he was he was that athlete that kind of was in a position to take the NBA to another level. But I just don't think that the sneaker was cool enough. Right, and I yeah I think what you just said about Jordan I think is part of my perfect storm is like he was the third pick you know what I'm, right third pick right third pick. okay yeah. yeah I don't know why I went blink on that yeah. first minute but he was the third pick so. When he had his first practice with the Bulls, they already could tell, like, oh, he's our best player already. But obviously the rest of the NBA didn't think that because at that point it was a big man league. If there's an elite big man, you pick him first. You know what I mean? So I think Jordan doing that his rookie year was part of the perfect storm in that he just has the DNA that no one else has. I mean – it, the league hadn't seen anything like that. Like, yeah, Bernard King existed. Um, Dr. J existed. There were some players who were wings who were really good. But he had the DNA. He was with the right team. You know, he went to a team where he was the best player in the first day of practice. So it just, for some reason, it's just like all came together. Destiny. Just a line Yeah, exactly. Stars. Maybe that's, well, that's, a, maybe every, that's, that's a better that's, word. That's, every, that's everything that, um, that's what I said. That's everything that LeBron had. Right. I mean, when he went to Cleveland, it wasn't there wasn't really no 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 real culture of winning there. It wasn't you know, nobody even thought about really playing for the Cavs like that. Um him being a hometown, you know, he from Akron, Ohio. It just the story was there. You know, everything right. was lined up for it to 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 be, you know, a monumental, iconic moment. And in which it is and don't get it twisted, I still think that it was it, you know, because he I think he's surpassed all expectations. 
honestly, even though he came in with so many expectations. Oh yeah, I think he played he played beyond what anybody could have ever even thought he would would, would do. Well, again, had- I just think that the sneaker, the actual design and the style of the sneaker just wasn't cool enough. Right. 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 Yeah, and that's and you know we talking about and we you guys talk about on your guys' show all the time different eras of like you know you think about like the musicians back in the day, uh, rappers, entertainers back in the day if they had to deal with everything you see on social media now and then you know LeBron is like the poster child of sports and social media as it is it doesn't matter how great LeBron can be you can find literally thousands and thousands of people that will hate his guts I mean which is crazy back when Jordan back in Jordan's era the only people you might have had to be worried about who hated his guts was maybe like a few media people and that once you and the Knicks yeah and the Knicks (laughs) (laughs) the other teams did but his teammates hated him too yeah the other teammates you know you know so like it's like it's one of those things where like dealing with the people way back then who hated your guts you can like okay you hit my guts today on television I turned it off it's over with yeah social like, media is social media different. is forever you know which is why and LeBron's route to win championships and stuff was dramatically different than Jordan's and stuff but I mean that's the time that we're in and it, and it is what it is and know? I think also in this era now these news media companies and outlets know that hot take is what sells like Skip Bayless he's it, it, He's as highly paid as he is because he gets eyeballs. I mean, that's really what it is. And that's what sells in 2020 and, you know, whatever era we're in. Whereas what you're talking about in 83, 84, 85, it wasn't like that. Right. I mean, you hear. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You said what? No, go ahead. I couldn't hear you. You was cutting out. Oh no! I was saying that like even with like how Skip was with Dame, like he's very disrespectful to Dame like the last few weeks, and it's like man, chill, like you're you're wild, and I get it. That's his job, you know. It, it, it's part of his job, and I can't say he fully believes that, but it's just the business that we're in, you know, right now. Skip, you know what it is with Skip, man. I I love Skip Bayless, man. He's um, <laughs> I do too. I genuinely think he's. A- no, I do. I, I, you know, he, I think he's a he's a he's a good person. I think he he means well. Right. He's just doing his job. But Skip is one of those guys that, you know, he'll be wrong, ninety nine times. But the one time he's right, he's like, I told you. You know, what oh, I mean, it's yeah. like, but bro, you was just wrong, <laughs> ninety nine times. You That's know what the mean? best like, though. And I, you know, and people like that, it's a it's a it's a space for them in entertainment. And that's you know that's that's exactly what Skip Bayless is. He's I mean he's very well versed in sports. Though he's just uh. He's been a sports writer for you know right. many years. He, he's a he was an athlete, I believe, in college. Um, <laughs> so I do I like Skip. I right. think it's, it's just it's all about just understanding his point of view. Like you got to remember, Skip is the same guy that you know thought Tim Tebow was a great quarterback. Right. You know right. what I mean? So it's like you got to kind of just take what Skip says with a grain it, of salt and just know that he doesn't mean any real harm. It's gambling. Like, I, I have people that call me the Skip Bayless of sneakers all the time. Shout out to the homie Sogjig. Like, they, they say that about me. And because, you know, I say things like, and I, I genuinely believe a lot of stuff I say, but, like, I say that anybody who signs with Jordan Brand is cursed. Like, we talked about, <laughs> we talk about Jordan and the stars aligning in his sneaker brand. It's just being such a cultural shift. I have literally done the research on all the athletes that are signed to Jordan Brand, and every basketball player who's been signed to Jordan Brand, there's only 
only Kawhi who has won, Kawhi and Ray Allen, who have won championships being under Jordan Brand. Most of the baseball players and football players who wear Jordan Brand cleats are way more successful than the basketball players that wear Jordan Brand. Now, of course, people think I'm a crazy person for saying stuff like you that. You are. I mean, damn, I would never. Oh, Westbrook, no, you're, oh, you're Westbrook's on Jordan Brand. I would never sign to Jordan Brand because you could never ever be <laughs> Jordan. You could never live up or have a sneaker bottle that anybody yeah, would it's a, it's, a, it's 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 tough, man. You're right. I, I agree with you on that. It's, you know, if I'm a player, I don't know if I sign with Jordan Brand. I, you know, I would probably do a, a thing where it's like, yo, I want to wear all the classic J's, but, you know, Thank make them in my, in my colorway. You that, know what I mean? Like, I would do something like that. But to, to try to go there and create a shoe, nobody's going to buy your shoe. No. Like, once you have to jump man on it, like, they're not gonna buy it. Then you know, I mean, it's, it's 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 just that shadow of Mike is just way too big to try to stand next to. You just you just should be just be a part of it. Like yo, listen, just put me in all the classic J's, make my colorway for whatever team I'm on, and you know we could do it like that. That's how it all should be. I feel like any Jordan Brand athlete should just hoop in and like make them more comfortable. Maybe update them, but people should be hooping in Jordan. Yeah, Brand. update them, tweak them a little bit. But a lot of these Jordan, like you said, uh, Russ, and I love Russ. You love mean, Russ. But, you know, I don't I don't own any of his sneakers. And we'll never. You know what I mean? I've never <laughs> even, yeah, I've never even looked at owning a pair of Russ's sneakers. You know what I mean? But, no. you know, it is what it is. And it's, again, I, you know, it's Mike, man. It's just, that's, that's why he's the greatest ever. It's like, he <laughs> right. did what he did on the floor, and he's dominating, you know, the, the sneaker market every year that he's, that since he's since he's come out like that's why he is who he is um i actually just we have two more questions and we're gonna let you go we appreciate the time you've actually given us but we're gonna let you go because i know you probably got things to do you want to chill and relax but you coming on here talking to nah, us it's it's this is it's a saturday night man the game is over i ain't doing that man. i'm in the crib <laughs> you know what pandemic times like like i told you like i'm a really big yeah. fan of the podcast and a lot of people that listen to our podcast they they love your guys' podcast. I've always... You we, know we got three questions, because I got a question, too, by the way. You know what's funny is that, like, I listen to, like, you, Rory, and Parks, and, and I understand Joe. Like, Joe is one of those people that, like, you know, he, he likes... I don't want to say likes to argue, but knows how to argue. That's, you know what I mean? And there are times... No, I, Joe likes to argue. Joe, <laughs> Joe, 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 he secretly wants to be a lawyer. He likes to argue. <laughs> and, like, and, I, and I like to argue, too. And I've I mean, always, that's our whole show, basically. So. Yeah, and, I, and I've always said to myself, if I ever get to talk to Tamal or whatever in the podcast, I want to ask him, how difficult sometimes is it knowing that you and Rory might be right and Joe is <laughs> <laughs> completely wrong, but you guys got to let it roll sometimes? Oh, let's be clear. I, I I understand my position in in the room at all times when I'm in the room with, with, with Joe. I know that he's going to try to paint me as the weird guy, <laughs> me as the guy that's wrong, me as the guy that doesn't know anything. And it's like somewhere in that argument, he ends up on my side of the argument at the end of it. It's like, yo, what are you talking? Like, you just want to argue with me. And say that I'm crazy, but then at the end of the conversation, you end up agreeing with me. And uh, some dude that hit me on Twitter and was like, "Yo, I created a whole like clip of all the times you said something. Joe said you were crazy, and then end up agreeing with you." I was like, "I want to see that because I know it exists." Because I'm sitting in the room like, "But wait, I just said that, and you said I'm crazy, but now you're saying what I'm saying." But you know, again, that's just Joe's personality. He loves to argue, and I and I'm very very aware that when I'm in a room, most of the times I'm gonna be looked at as the weird guy i know everybody doesn't think the way i think right i know everybody doesn't have the point of view that i have and i'm okay with that and i think that's what people love like 
I know that I'm not going to have the popular opinion in the room, but I'm okay with that because I'm just being me and this is who I am and I'm being real. Like I'm not, this is not something that I'm forcing or just saying because I don't, I just want to say anything like this is what I believe. And again, like I said, I'm not always right, but I'm always real. Oh yeah. That's what, the, that's what makes well, it work. The, just chemistry. Yeah, the chemistry. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. Right. Uh, um, one thing I was going to ask you was like, because uh, we talk about it a lot on this show and I always, and you guys have done a great job of it, always like encouraging people to create and you know, uh, your guys' podcast is like part of a specific genre, which there's like um, literally thousands who try to duplicate what you guys do or implement, you know, have their own style of it. Um, but I was going to ask you, and, like, and I talk about it with a friend of mine. His name is uh, Mike, and he hosts his own podcast. We're just a messenger. Shout out to Mike. And we talk about it, me and him, all the time about you know, creating and people don't understand sometimes how difficult it is to actually podcast. And you guys doing it twice a week is amazing because we come in here sometimes and you have to like put yourself, I always say podcast mode because you got to put yourself in the mode to do this and do it as much yeah. as you guys do. How difficult was it to transition to that two a week and just podcasting in general? Um, it was really difficult, man. And I, I'm glad you, you said that. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they, they think it's just all about us sitting down and just having the conversation and recording it and putting it out. And they don't really realize it's it's more to it than that. You know what I mean? It's, it's You got to have the right chemistry. You got to right, have the right people in the room. You got to be able to uh, pull from, you know, nothing a lot of times and just, just be able to have a conversation. But that speaks to a lot of this error, too, though. Like, you know, I think that a lot of these these younger podcasters they have they have a problem with it because they don't they're not really forced to have conversations with each other anymore. Everything is text, <laughs> everything is instant messenger, DM, and all that. Like they don't really know how to sit in a room and just create conversation and and stimulating conversation, not just you know talking about whatever, just like creating a stimulating conversation. And, uh, you know, I say that a lot to a lot of these young dudes that I talk to. I'm like, y'all don't even know how to talk to girls because all y'all do is <laughs> follow them on social media. You like their picture. You you know, you jump in their DMs. You might flirt. But then if she, if you look up and she's standing right in front of you in the club, you wouldn't even know what to say to her. I think because you talk. You don't, you, you don't, you know, you're not, you're not forced to have that dialogue anymore, that, that, that human interaction. There's so many devices and platforms in between us that now when we're face to face, you know, a lot of people don't even know how to conduct themselves. And, I, you know, I laugh at a lot of these dudes because I'm like, you know, yeah, in a, it's, a, it's an era now where I tell people, like, your Instagram is like your business card, right? Like, you meet a girl, and the first thing she says, she won't even ask you for your number. She's like, what's your Instagram? <laughs> and when she does that, when she does that, it's just because she just wants to see, you know, your story. She wants to see what you're about. She wants to kind of, like, scroll through moments of your life and you know see what type of person you are and try to get a feel for you so that kind of like you know if you're not doing nothing on instagram that's stimulating if you don't have like a certain aesthetic to your instagram a lot of you know i tell a lot of these dudes like you know y'all think that you know your jewelry and your car and all that's gonna do the talk and it's like yeah but at a lot of times a lot of these girls they just want stimulating conversation and a lot of these dudes don't know how to do that so when you talk about podcasting now you asking people to sit down in a room and create a stimulating conversation to put out to the world. So now you got to talk about things that, you know, you feel like the world is talking about or the culture is talking about and try to create 
a conversation from a, a perspective that gives information and is entertaining and funny and emotional and, and real. And because, you know, people could they can feel that they can feel when it's coming from a real place. And I tell a lot of these people, you know, the toughest thing uh, I think about us, like you said, twice a week, uh, imagine doing that. And then now we're doing live shows. So now we got to sit on stage and create stimulating conversations right. in front of 2000 people and hope that they're entertained and then I can record a show to put out on, on, on Spotify and on YouTube. Like it's, it's not easy. You know what I mean? It's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. It's uh, I know it looks easy, you know what I mean? I, but I encourage people to try it. You know, like when we was doing it, it, we didn't have all the answers. We didn't know what we were doing at first. We just knew that we wanted to be consistent. We knew that we wanted to be informative. We knew that we wanted to be entertaining and we knew that we wanted to create something that, was a, a timeless classic thing in the culture to where people would go back and point to and say, okay, this was something that changed the culture. This moved the needle on the culture in a different direction and created a space and a platform for creatives to have another outlet. You know what I mean? And I think that until this point, I think we've done a, a pretty solid job. It's always humbling to hear people say that, you know, they subscribe to you, they, they listen to you all the time, they love what you do. Like, this is not a script. You know, I'm, I'm being who I've always been my entire life, but now to be recognized when I walk outside and people say, yo, I love what you do. It's humbling, man. Because like I said, this is, this is who we are. Like this, this isn't a script. We're not reading from a script. You know, we're not reading. We're not actors. This is like, this is who we are. These are real thoughts. These are real conversations. These are real emotions. And don't get it twisted. There's a lot of times where we beefed, you know, we curse each other out. You know, we, <laughs> We, we, we didn't want to record, you know, we arguing, business gets in the way and, you know, certain business things aren't right. But you got to be you got to put yourself and put your ego to the side a lot and say, you know what? I recognize that what we're doing and what we're building is something that's going to be iconic is something that's going to create create a path for somebody else. So whatever you can do to protect it and keep it going, you have to do that. And I think we've done a great job of that. And, you know, again, it's just, it's a humbling thing, man, but it's not easy. You know what I mean? I tell people all the time, it's not easy podcasting. It's not easy. This is why I support, you know, a podcast like y'all. Y'all ask me to come and sit down and kick it with y'all. I have no problem doing that because I understand how hard it is. I understand what y'all doing. And I respect it. And we've been and doing it a long time, too. Met. We never met, and you know, anything like that. I don't know y'all like that, um, but right. um, I'm hoping that y'all are stand-up guys and that y'all are, y'all are great guys. And, and y'all have a platform. Y'all talking about sneakers. I like sneakers. Let's talk about it. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up the thing about um, like for me, at least I turned into content creation because the thing Mm -hmm. you said about being able to talk. I remember I saw commentary from Charlemagne about starting the MTV show and they were trying to find him a co-host and they ran through so many people who couldn't even get up there and make it flow normally, let alone be like witty, funny, whatever. So Mm -hmm. that right there just. And this was probably a couple of years ago when I saw that, but like it's it's people don't realize that it's it's hard to be in the mode of doing this because you have to be entertaining. You know what I mean? Like you don't necessarily have to be funny, but you have to yeah. be able to talk. It's almost like you listen to somebody on the radio and they're so comfortable. But when someone gets on the radio who, you know, is not used to it. Oh, instantly, like all the energy is drained out the building. So I'm glad you brought that up. All right. Well, yeah, it's, like, it's 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 not easy, man. It's not a lot of these a lot of these dudes are are comfortable, you know, on their phones and on you know Instagram and talking, yeah. you know, posting videos on their story. But when you put them in a room and you know ask them to create that scene, 
you know, with cameras and people around. But, you know, people can't, they can't duplicate that. They freeze up. They're not as funny. They're not as funny. They're not as uh, yeah. outspoken. Um, so again, man, you know, it's it's a thing of, it's, it's repetition. It's muscle memory. You know what I mean? Like I said, when we was doing this years ago, there was a lot of things that we didn't know what the hell we were doing. You know, we didn't know how it was going to work. And then you start talking about live shows. We didn't know what the hell we was going to do at a live show. You know what I'm saying? Right. We was like, all right, cool. Right. This is something where it's like people are going to come and what, they're going to expect us to rap or something? You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> people come out. And, and really, honestly, like we, we've done some venues where, you know, the people at the venue tell us like, yo, we just had so-and-so here you know be a big rapper you know he he was just here two days ago and he couldn't sell this place out and y'all sold it out and y'all just sitting up here talking <laughs> so it, it just shows you where the culture is going and where, 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 where this podcasting platform is going it's like you know people are now coming out to see people sit down and just have stimulating entertaining informative conversations yeah. it's not even about playing music and rapping and having a show and all of that it's like people just want to sit down and they want to feel like okay I'm listening to something. They're listening to us. We're, you know, we're, we're taking questions from them. We're answering questions. And it's an intimate thing, even though it's 2,000 people sitting in the audience. You have any advice for like podcasts? I mean, and, and I'm not asking for us in particular, but like, like I, a lot of our supporters, a, a lot of people who listen to our show, Sneaker Podcast, like our sneaker podcast they've started their own sneaker podcast they've started their own stuff you know what i mean and you know it's flattering because and whether they say it or not i know why they did it it's because <laughs> and, and it's, it's a good thing like it's because like you say chemistry george and i we actually work together our regular nine to five so we know how to conversate like we know how to talk besides text message yeah. and stuff like that and but we also would be comfortable we've been doing this okay so my thing is always i go back to the first episode our first episode was awful in terms of um content maybe the actual content was bad but we still were like you could tell we were we knew each other yeah we were in here and we knew what we were doing in terms of there was no awkward pauses no awkward silence they kept moving you know none of that stuff where you would be like ah oh, nah they they need to quit doing this um yeah so like do you have any advice for anybody who's like starting out or like reach the point to where because we're on we're on 210 episodes and we've been doing this for four years and there's a lot no. of and, and there's a lot of people that we talk to who have like reached this point of like quitting and I've committed myself to not stopping this podcast. Is it just a keep going thing or is it just uh, finding a different goal for your podcast? Nah, man, it's, it's, it's all about trust me. I'm, you know, it's, it's funny listening to you say that because, you know, we, we've been there. We were there at one point where it's like, yo, what are we doing? We're going to keep doing this. You know, you, a lot of people don't remember. We we were doing this when we weren't getting paid. You know, we weren't right. getting paid a dime to right. do this. You know what I'm saying? It was like, but we knew that we had something special. And we and we saw that. We saw we saw the, the growth. We saw the, the momentum. We saw the, the, the change happening. And then, you know, when we did the live show in New York a few years ago at a Highline Ballroom, and, you know, the line was down the block around the corner. That's when it's like, okay, something is happening. You know what I mean? Like, that's when you can see it. Because now, you know, when you put it out on, on streaming platforms and, you know, it's the people listening, some, you know, you get the metrics and you say, oh, damn, you know, 400,000 listens. Like, that's great. That's great. But even that doesn't compare to pulling up to a venue and seeing a line wrapped around the block of people that are coming out 
to actually see you and, and listen to you. Like that's when you know that something is happening. And you know, it's, it's gonna be a lot of times, man, where y'all gonna feel like I don't want to do this, or you don't really see the point, or you don't really. The most important thing is you have to have fun with it. Like once you stop having fun, that's when it's gonna feel like work. That's when it's gonna feel like a job, and that's when you're gonna feel like uh, I'm, I'm working for free. I'm not really getting paid. It's not nothing. It has to be a passion. It has to be something that you believe in. It has to be like a baby. You have to nurture it. You have to want to see it grow and be successful. And that's what I tell all podcasters and creators. I don't care what you're doing, what you're creating. It's gonna be times where you want to give up. You know, it's gonna be times where you like you don't see the. The point you don't understand like the end game you don't have an end goal you just like yo what, what am i doing with this like where am i trying to take this and that's okay sometimes you don't know but to me that's the beauty and in, in this it's like yo i don't know where this is gonna go but fuck it i ain't doing nothing else like why not <laughs> like let me just do this shit like you know what i'm saying like i'm not doing nothing else like why not record with my friends and talk about shit that we love and we like and put it out there you know what i mean like it, it's just something that you have to just sometimes go in blind and just believe in it. Like, yo, you know what? We don't know what we're doing. We're talking about sneakers. Fuck it. We like sneakers. Turn the mic on. Let's talk about <laughs> sneakers. Let's talk about, you know, what we think about this shoe and right. how it feels. And, you know, every time I wear this shoe, for whatever reason, you know, the girls smile at me more. Whatever. We ain't got like, no analytics you know, on right. that. <laughs> yeah, like, you just gotta, you gotta have fun with this shit, man. Like, you know, it gets to a point, like I said, because it's, it's, it's major money in podcasting now, so I feel like people are doing it for the check. And I'm saying a lot of people yeah, get podcasts, yeah, yeah. and it's like, okay, cool, whatever. But do you love this shit? Like, do you? Because there's going to be times where you don't want to do it, you know what I mean? But it's like, if you love this shit and you have fun with it, oh, you'll do this every day. You'll do this every day and have fun doing it and, 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 and love it. But if it starts to feel like, you know... A burden, and you really don't want to do it. You're going, you're going, you're going to want to quit, man. And again, I tell all creatives: I don't care what you're creating, I don't care what it is that you're trying to push out there. Just be passionate with it, have fun with it, laugh. You know, be emotional, be upset, but don't give up, man. Because you never know. I, you know, if you would have told me that we would be, you know, on the road, on tour, doing a live podcast, and 2,000 people coming out to see us I would have told you I would have laughed at you like what are you talking about you know what I'm saying like right. but now it's a reality now they want us to come to London they want us to come to Africa they want us to come to Australia like these are the things that are real and it's happening all because of something that you know again we didn't know what we were doing when we first started this shit we didn't see it you know we just had conversations and we saw things happening and it was like hold up like there's a, there's a shift happening there's something going on with this podcast and shit like you know you start to see radio wants to get in on podcasting now and then you start to see oh this streaming platform has dedicated a billion dollars to their podcasting platform it's like okay when people start cutting checks like that that means they know something is happening and that means they plan on they spent a billion they plan on getting three billion back you know what i'm saying yeah. so yeah there's something here like let me keep doing this let me and then again it's it's it's, it's something that is not really you know, it's not really difficult to set up uh, and, and do your own show in your apartment or your your house and have people come over and just record conversations as long as you're able to put the right people in the room and talk about the right things and be and be knowledgeable on, on certain things. I think it's something that I encourage everybody to do. Just try it, man. Like, you know, people, you know, back in the 80s, you know, they laughed when somebody said, I want to be a rapper. Now, 
hip hop is the biggest <laughs> culture on the planet. So, right. you know what I mean? You got to kind of, like, honestly, that's how I look at it. Like, at one point, people didn't know what rap was. They didn't know what the hip hop culture was about. They didn't want to have nothing to do with it. Now you look at all these Fortune 500 companies, they're all in business with the culture in some way or fashion. Yeah. And rappers want to do talking gigs. They want to do podcasts and um, internet radio shows and whatever yeah, because else. It's, yeah, because you can you control the narrative. You control what you want to say. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of rappers don't even want to do interviews no more because, you know, a lot of these interviews, they, they kind of spin the narrative and just yeah. trying to create, you know, whatever type of thing they're trying to build. But when you do a podcast... You give artists and, and, and athletes the creative space. Like, listen, you could come on here and say whatever you want to say. You know, that's funny. And like, once you give people that freedom, you know, you give people that freedom, they love that. They're like, oh, I can sit down, I can say what I want, and it's not going to be no, say what you want. Let's just talk about it. And once you give people that, that space to do that, I think, you know, it's, it only makes sense that people would want to would want to do it. And that's why I think that this podcast thing is, is, is big, man, because everybody, I think, has the opportunity to you know voice their opinion a lot of people don't deserve an opinion I, I'm, I'm big on that like i don't think that everybody that has social media should have a voice i don't think everybody that has a mic and a camera should have a voice because some people just don't have nothing to offer but right for the ones that do for the ones that do i encourage you man do this push go forward don't worry about you know having a uh uh, end goal or you know trying to figure it out you figure it out as you go sometimes you know you look up and life just figures it out for you and then you're in the space where it's like yo i never thought i would be doing this like if i never like a lot of my homeboys still can't believe that i sit in front of a camera and a microphone and actually <laughs> because i'm such a private person right honestly like i've been a private person my entire life like so for now for them to see me doing this it bugs them out they're like yo you you're not this type of guy, but it's dope because you're being yourself. Like, this is exactly who you are. You're not playing a character, but it's just wild that, you know, I'm actually sitting in front of a camera and, and, and putting my face and my voice out to the world now because I've always been such a, a reserved person. Well, it's funny you say that because, like, you know, which uh, which makes just made me cringe. My mom had found out we did a show. I had never told my mom that we did a show, but she had found out somehow and she watched us on YouTube and it made me like cringe. Like I was like, oh God. But the first thing she said to me was, you act different. And because <laughs> because I'm very serious a lot of times. Like I grew up with a brother who was really wild and entertaining and energetic. So it kind of just like, oh, okay, I'll let him do his thing. Like I'll be more reserved, you know? And, but with the podcast, like you said, like I feel like podcasting has built this platform for after careers. One thing that you always talk about on the podcast is how rap music, um, it isn't supported. Like it's it's like bad when you get older. Like it's like once you're a rapper and you start getting mm -hmm. older, you're not supported like uh, rock and roll acts and stuff. People still, thousands and thousands mm -hmm. will Rolling still Stones go watch the Rolling yeah. Stones and stuff. But like, you know, they might not go right. out and see, you know, a KRS-One or Rakim or anybody else who's still rapping. But podcasting, is sort of like sports analyst. It's like once you're an athlete, now I can retire and be a sports analyst. I can be on sports television with musicians, rappers, anybody else. You can say, all right, you know what? I've done the rap thing and now I can come here and give my real opinions, real advice, real things on a podcast, on a platform and be free with it. You know, there's you guys, there's, you know, there's a lot of people doing so. You got like uh, Quinn Richardson, Darius Miles, they do the Knuckleheads podcast. You have Shaq does his mm -hmm. podcast, you know, so forth. So it is a good platform. Mm -hmm. You guys are definitely definitely like 
pioneers in it and you know Joe started the podcast like you said with Roy and Marissa way before I was listening to it way back then when Cardi was Cardi B was on there you know what I mean and it's it's crazy mm-hmm. how it's, mm-hmm. it's just transformed you know yeah it's, it's definitely uh the, the podcast and it's, it's happening fast you know, I tell people all the time like this this world is the podcast world is moving really really fast a lot of companies are uh, investing so much money into building uh you know podcast platforms and stuff like that um but again, it's just it's, it's a nod to the creatives, man. It's a nod to the culture. It's a nod to you know people just finding a way to you know voice their opinion and 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 and, and give their their perspective on things. And I'm all for it if it's if it's if it's dope and it's informative. If I can learn something from it, and you know it it it, it gives me some type of it draws some emotion from me. Like I'm, I love it, man. It's just like watching a movie. If it's good and it's, you know, it creates some type of emotions. It was a good movie for me. Same thing with podcasts. I listen to it. I listen to some of these podcasts and I'm like, okay, dope. Some of these podcasts, I'm like, I'll never listen to this again. Like, you know, whatever. But again, I'm, I'm all for creators, man. Anytime dudes sit down or, or, or women sit down and try to create something dope. Like I, I can only salute it and, and encourage them to keep doing that. Uh, you know what I have before George, George has one last question, but I have a question before that. The podcast went from like, one thing I always worry about with sneakers is sneakers is sneaker heads have such a short attention span. <laughs> and with us, our podcast has touched almost, a, I mean, I almost reached three and a half hours one time doing a podcast episode by myself. And I noticed that evolution with your guys' podcast. Like, you guys went, like, uh-huh. say what? I'm listening, guys. Oh, yeah, no, and I was saying, like, I noticed that evolution with your guys' podcast. You guys will reach a three-hour episode uh, quite a few times. Like, is that something that, like, just with you with us, it naturally happens? Is that, like, a naturally happened thing with you guys? Or, like, do you guys set out to, you know, put longer episodes out? Um, It's just sometimes during during the week there might be more things to, uh, to get into and to talk about. So, um... That's why the shows run run longer some some days. Right. Um. It's just it just depends on what's going on. It's just, sometimes you just find that groove where you don't want to interrupt it. Like I tell people all the time, you know, they was <laughs> the other day we put out an episode, and I think it was only like uh maybe two hours. It was short. Like oh, so short. It's only two hours. I'm like, if y'all knew that we were only contractually signed to 45 minutes, you would be very appreciative <laughs> that we give y'all three hours. I'm not gonna lie to every you. Episode because. I saw that yeah, like we could we could really just do 50 minutes and then you know our contract is is fulfilled but you know because again you can't you can't fit us you know all all of our personalities and our opinions into 50 minutes so things run a little later than they should but as long as it's entertaining the one thing I, I tell you all the time is I never listen back like I can't listen to nothing for three hours like that's the, the length of a the Malcolm X movie like I'm not I'm not listening to that yeah, and like, well, that's, but I appreciate everybody that does. You know, what I mean, I appreciate everybody that does, right? Because you know, people listen to it during their commute to work or while they're working out or something like that. So, I, or they're cleaning the house. So I understand that. But me personally, like, I'm like, listen, I was there when we recorded <laughs> it. I know what was said. I don't have, I don't have to listen back. So I really don't. That's a running joke for me too. Even with the listeners, all the listeners know because Greg and then our uh, previous co-host who used to be here. They always on social media and on the show, whatever. You don't ever listen to the show. I say, yeah, because I was here. I don't need to listen to it. So it's literally the running joke. Yeah, I don't listen from, to it for me. I, I I listen to it because I I I always listen for like 
mistakes like dang should have did that or like i gotta stop saying um or you know we gotta i look for for improvements you know somebody had told me like oh you right. listen to no, that's good that's good to do that's good to do I, I do that sometimes too like just to see what i can improve on as far as like you know speech and what i'm talking about right and sometimes i listen back to some things i said and i'm like oh uh, yeah i definitely don't feel that way anymore like my my, my stance changed on that <laughs> but yeah. um for the most part nah i really don't listen back to it yeah no it's a mood sometimes i come in the podcast i'm in one kind of mood then i listen back to it like oh man like i feel ridiculous saying that um you feel bad about every show so well i think every show is trash because i think it could be better every single time fam man. every single episode is universally loved i don't think we've had a one episode where people are like, oh, no, that's trash. Doesn't matter. That's how you get better. We have people who come specifically do thumbs down just to do thumbs down because it's like the only one. They just want to be the only one who gives thumbs down on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. We always get one thumbs yeah, down. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, the final question for me is we would be remiss if we didn't ask. We got to talk just real quick about does Joe have a stylist? Because I know y'all be on his back for his fits and <laughs> shoes and whatever else. So, like, even when he was doing the thing with Complex, did he ever ask you for advice on sneakers or, like, how to put a fit together or whatever? You you got to talk. Just talk in general about that real quick. Um. Well, you know, with Complex, he had a stylist over there. Um. But I think that he kind of had more of an influence on what he wanted to wear, and the stylist just kind of like went around whatever his 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 style was. He didn't want to deviate too much from Joe, but um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Joe just. But again, I can't be mad because you know, and again, in our culture, you know, we're a certain age. They're like, oh, you're not supposed to wear that, right? Right. And people tell me a lot of times, oh, I shouldn't wear some of the sneakers I wear. Like, you too old for that. And I'm like, well, what you want me to wear? Leather sandals? Like. What <laughs> Like I'm, I'm only I'm 38. Like I'm not 58. Like you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, how do y'all want me to dress? But a lot of the times, I think, I think you know what Joe does now is he understands and he owns it. He owns the fact that he he can't dress. Like he doesn't really have style. <laughs> but it works. It's like okay, cool. You can't dress. You own it. And now we're just gonna laugh at you every time you wear something. So it's like you know. Right. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I know I can't dress. Like, whatever. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying though. Like, you know, <laughs> put something together. That's no, honestly. Sometimes he'll put something together where I'm like, okay, that was cool. But it's funny because Joe was actually a sneakerhead. Right. Yeah, you know I remember saying? seeing like, him on videos five, like, he, six, seven, eight years a, ago. Yeah, like he has a he, his sneaker collection might be might be bigger than mine. Like, you know, what I'm saying it's just that he, you know, now Joe just wants to. You know, wear everything that's designer and and and, and high fashion now. I guess because you know he got some money now, so he kind of wanted to show people he got money. <laughs> right. All right. Last question, Maul. Like I said, this is, this is the very last question. I like I said, I want to just thank you so much for coming on the podcast, giving us time out of your day. I know you could be doing anything else, but you know, giving us time. You know, uh, talk to us. You know, we're we're doing pretty good for ourselves as a podcast, but we definitely look to you. And we, I man, I appreciate the advice. Like that advice alone, like reenergizes me. Like man, like I think, like man, we got the two hundred ten episodes. I don't know if I got two hundred ten more, but I want to. You know, no, you do. Trust me, you do. Um, but who? Final question: Who wins the NBA championship? Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. 
Oh, whoa. Oh, okay, so I'm glad, just real quick, I'm glad you brought that up because earlier I didn't get to mention it, but you guys were talking about Dame. I actually wanted Dame to play the Clippers in the first round. That's the matchup I want because all that stuff that happened in the bubble, and I know that you know if Portland would have gone undefeated, they still wouldn't have been able to get to the seventh seed. That's the matchup I wanted mm-hmm. to see because I want to see him yeah. eat Pat Bev up. I'm just sorry. I just do. Oh, that'd be a good matchup, Pat Bev. Yeah, no, nah, it's – if 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 that Clippers team stays healthy, there's uh there's nobody that can beat them four times. Like I said, Kawhi has the uh he has the highest winning percentage of any player in the NBA history. Um it's just, you know, with his DNA over there now with that team, with you know, it's, it's, they're just balanced at every position. Like they have they have every position covered. There's not it's not many holes in their team, you know what I mean? So they're gonna be tough, man. I don't see any team beating them four times. And then Doc Rivers, you know, obviously he's a championship coach. Right. Um, I think this is just the year where, you know, the Clippers finally get their first franchise championship. That's so sad. People stop calling them the paper clips. I, I, like I said, I grew oh, up yeah, in LA. I grew those days over. I grew up in LA and I probably grew up at the sports arena going to Clippers games more than Laker games. And I'm actually fandom wise, I'm a Bulls fan because I grew up in the Jordan era. You know what I mean? Like you were saying with Magic, I grew mm-hmm. up, Jordan was my guy. But I went to more Clippers games, and even to this day, all my friends that are Laker fans still call them the paper clips, even though Kawhi decided to go there, they got Paul George, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it's over. The Clippers, I think this is the year they stay healthy, they win it all. And uh, then they go back, I guess next year, if they're not in the bubble, they go back to their own arena next year, right? I don't know. I'm going to say this. If the Suns play in the bubble next year, they're going 82-0. And, and with- <laughs> that's, a, that's a joke out here in Phoenix. And, 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 see, and, and Maul, we're in Arizona. So, like, we, that AC team you're talking about, the the Blazers aren't an AC team. The Suns would have been an AC team. Like the Suns would have got washed by the Lakers. But see, look, Maul is somebody who knows, fam. Macau Bridges is going to be an All Star. He's already one of the best perimeter defenders in the league, and he's figuring it out on the offensive end. He's good. Yeah, he's tough. I like him. He's really tough. But the Suns. He's an East Coast guy. I, I would have wanted the Suns to be in it because obviously we're here in Arizona and we support the Suns, but they would have got washed by the Lakers and it just would have been it would have been bad. Yeah, I wanted Dame and the Suns to both make it. I know of it was course. impossible, but I didn't want the Grizzlies. Even though I like John Morant, I didn't want the Grizzlies yeah, to make they it. They're lost, definitely they not lost JJJ. I didn't think they would even be in the discussion. But no. hey. So like I said, Maul, I appreciate you coming on, giving us any time. I mean, I appreciate you just responding. And like I said, shout out to Zay Raw on Twitter for he set this up. He tagged you. You responded and came on, man. That's the power of the Internet. Uh, obviously, we'll be listening every week. I'm finishing up Wednesday's episode, starting on Saturday's episode. You guys can do it. We always tell people, like anybody who's been a guest on the show over the phone, if you're in Phoenix and you want to come by the studio, we could do an in-person show, too. Because it's hard to have chemistry over the phone, obviously. I think it would be a lot better, funnier, mm-hmm. whatever, in person. I'm sure you know that just based on your show. No, absolutely. When uh, Whenever this quarantine thing is over and we can have these live shows again, I know that Phoenix is... Uh Phoenix is on the schedule for us, so when we come to town, I'll definitely come by there and chop it up with y'all. Nice. I want to go to a show. I was about to drive. <laughs> I was going to drive to uh, California for one of the shows before the quarantine, and I was like, "Dang!" I thought about Texas, but then it all shut down, and I was like, "Oh no, nah, we'll be we're definitely we're definitely coming we're definitely coming to uh, Phoenix for sure." So oh. you don't worry about it. You know, as soon as I, as soon as the dates go up and we're able to get these live shows going, I'll definitely make sure y'all on my guest list, and we'll have fun. Oh, that's appreciate what's up. I appreciate that. All right, Ma, take it easy. All right, man. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. Later. All right.
All right. I don't have anything else. That was a good conversation. I like that. that um, I don't have anything else, but did you buy anything today? We might as well just talk about that real quick. Um, did you buy anything since we had a show? <laughs> did I buy anything today? Oh, I bought hats. Fam, we got to chill with the hats, man. <laughs> I bought two hats. I bought the shirt. I bought the hat. I what the shirt, shirt are you talking about? With oh, the, the Phoenix Sun shirt? No. The, no, no, no. Oh. The... Hat Club shirt pre-order with the blue icy on the back. Oh, I don't even think I That's saw fire. that. I pre-ordered the shirt and I got some blue underbill hats to you go with it. Fam, I'm where did you get that hat? Was that a pre-order or is that? Uh, got this one off Hat Club. I mean, uh, yeah, Hat Club when oh. just a drop. Oh. And uh, I told you I got this, and you was like, "Oh my god, a Boston hat, fire!" This side patch, I'm not, the greatest side patch. I mean, of all time. I'm only angry at them when they're good. Right now, they're terrible. They're like seven and fourteen or something like that. So like, oh, I'm, and plus we got Mookie, so I can't be too mad. Yeah, I mean, they gave us Mookie, so fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like a Dodger hat. Mookie is just as equivalent. <laughs> Mookie is you know what's the, okay. the man. Okay, okay, hold okay? On. Let me just say this. I real am quick. so hyped for Mookie. No joke. I was on his Instagram like a thought. Like, yo, what's <laughs> it? Let me see what Mookie doing. Or Twitter. I was like, yo, what Mookie talking about? And I like, thought, like, yo, what's up with this? Okay. Uh, I'm about to buy a Mookie a jersey. So he signed me, enough for me to buy a jersey. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mookie is a fam. Let me say this because you going on and on. The the obviously Mookie is a fantastic baseball player. But when you watch him on the field, you can tell he genuinely, genuinely likes the guys in that locker room, and he loves being on that team. Today, I retweeted something that said he's hosting an event in Compton. I don't know if it's today or tomorrow, because he's telling everyone that he, in his first year in L.A., where they're only playing 60 games, he wants to be a community leader already. So he's doing stuff for like youth in Compton. You want to talk about a fantastic role model. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. That's it. Though. I'm on her. I'm As I say that, Trout just hit a home run. So I'm about to great. buy a Mookie jersey, though. Mookie is the man. Though. I don't care what nobody say. He's worth the money. Oh, yes. I, I, worth the money. Like I, I'm, I, I know I, I go against. There's been a lot of baseball players in the past who like shown this incredible amount of talent who gets these crazy contracts and things get a little weird for them. But, fam, come on, man. <laughs> like. I'm so hyped for the Dodgers. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, man, the Dodgers are perfect for us. I mean, the Dodgers, 60-game season, perfect. I need them to play 60 next year, okay? I love nah. 60, all right? Only thing I don't love is, like, what's happened to hockey. But 60-game season, the Dodgers are prime. They're fine. They're ready. Need more. Going out there. In 162-game season, they might win the division by 20 games with this roster. You know what's crazy is, like, hitting one home run in an empty stadium, okay? Because, like... The second home run, actually, you know what? Hitting two, okay? But the third home run is completely built up off, like, the energy in the arena, yeah. the, like, feeling of, like, oh, man, I might hit three, I might hit four, yeah. five, six. Like, it's built off of that. It's nothing in there. That's how good he is. And when he throws the ball from the field, man, it's like a <laughs> laser beam, though. I love Mookie Blue. Like, he is my Watching him play the outfield bro. is almost more exciting than watching him hit. I'll oh, be honest. Fam, I love He's I the best. Him. I mean, Bellinger was probably the best. Outfielder last year, center fielder, or whatever, but Mookie is by far the best fielding far. player in Major League Baseball. Uh, what else did I buy this week? Hats, shirt, those sneakers. I don't think you didn't cop pleasures. I cop pleasures. I get it was a code. I, I, I didn't. I forgot. Like you had texted and said it, and I was like, "Oh, I'll wait for Reebok." And then I said, "You know, what? no, I'm not going to wait for Reebok." And then I got sidetracked, and then I saw your text, and I was like, "Oh my god, like what the heck?" And then I was like, "Well, they can't be sold out." I go back on the pleasure site. First of all, I went on pleasure and saw like the oh, website is nonsense. Oh, the website is absolute <laughs> nonsense. So I don't understand the pleasure of it. All right. <laughs> 
<laughs> the shirts on that site are insane. I didn't know Marilyn Manson was still a thing. One, yeah, two, and, and like the shirts. That's his brand, apparently. I the, think the website is like full of weird T-shirts, and then yeah. it was just a little Reebok, like just right there in the corner. Yeah. The fact that like Marilyn Manson looks like to be their owner, mascot, creator of this brand, and then the Reebok just be tan. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't understand this. I'm sure they're. Uh, what would you call it? The not aesthetic coordinator, but they're uh, the person who's in charge of the designs for the stuff. You probably knew they wanted something a little muted for you know that kind of project. I don't think your first thing out the door, you you know what I mean. You're like, for Damn. something like this Selling a t-shirt is like eh. I mean Yeah but selling shoes right now It has to be almost out there That's what's selling is out there Nah Wow What did you buy? You buy like anything? Like them cats on Twitter Who was talking about it? Sock and um, uh, What's his name? The one I texted you about He, uh, he got the, the G he, he got the the Pumas G Ain't it like with the, just a G exclamation point? Oh Ben Sirlith oh, Okay or, oh, I don't yeah. know if that's how you pronounce it or not But um, he so he originally a couple days ago I had talked to him about pleasures and that's how I found out it was today because I only knew about it's Reebok. on Reebok site. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I checked out well two reasons so I set my computer up to do fam we'll get you out of here don't worry oh no I got a text relax oh, right. and look at the clock this is the Apple Watch you like that easy <laughs> easy. <you. laughs> Easy. Fam, my wife was like, my w- Apple Watch has been broke longer than you've owned that. So. <laughs> I owned the very first one. We just took them back. All right. Now, my wife was like, oh, let's go to dinner. And I said, well, we might as well because Maul ain't writing me back. So I don't think we're going. And she said, I said, we cool, might let's go as to well dinner. Go to dinner out here. And then Maul wrote back and was oh. like, I was like, oh, yeah, we ain't going to dinner. So, but I said, we'll go to dinner as soon as the podcast's over. So, oh, all right. You're good. You guys are going to Steak, what'd you steak say? 44, anyways. Um,. I don't, oh, the only reason I caught was two reasons. So, like, I had set my computer up last night for the Kith thing this morning with Coca-Cola, and then you couldn't even jig it because they did the Yeezy password thing where they take everything down, and it just says Kith password. Oh, really? So, I guess Sock said that they did that last year for the Coke thing and for their big collections. They only do it because they didn't do that on Gel Light 3s, which is why I got through. But so I prepared for the Coke thing. I, like, set my computer all up so I didn't do it on the phone. He said it's faster on desktop. All right. So I set my desktop up for Shopify. I have the credit card auto saved, address auto saved. You just you know click click and you're done. Um, so I didn't. I failed on Kith because I couldn't even add. Like I added to the cart, but by the time I clicked checkout, I was in a queue. Which yeah, I was already in lost queue at too. that point. Um, so I was like, Were you just going for the sneakers? I just went for like I had a Coca Cola. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, I had the white. Coca-Cola tried to get them to cart. I assume the sneakers would sell because on StockX, all the other previous Coca-Cola sneakers are high. Fam, but if a high top Coca-Cola would sell, I would imagine a low would do a lot I think the better. high top, well, high top's original cut, so it's probably I higher. Mean, but. Yeah, but like we're talking about 2020 now. The prices were a little bit lower, but over the years, like in two years, it might be the same price as high. But anyway, so I failed on that. So I was like, pleasure's at 10. You know, I might as well give it a whirl, see what happens. So the shoe actually went live like a minute early. I refreshed at 9.59 and it was on there. So I was like, let me see if I can check out. And it went to check out immediately, which told me like, you know, Shopify has the thing that narrows down the number of users and get, that's what the checkout queue is. You know what I mean? Like they don't allow everybody to get the checkout at the same time. So that told me that like not a ton of people wanted them. And then I saw that it had a 12 and a half. So I was like basically just testing my new checkout theory plus they had a 12 and a half and I assume Bach is not going to have a 12 and a half. So that's why I was like, you know, I'm going to check it out. Why not? Bach. And then, 
we, we do things when you when you when you upgrade uh, <laughs> on a new brand, you start giving nicknames, fam. Fam, you um, bought three Reebok. Oh, we bought yeah, Reeboks too. We bought we bought Legacies. Yes. Yeah. Legacy classic leather. Somebody the, said that we were lame on YouTube. Oh, that's a shoe, by the way, because we got ours now. So, but I put it in the video. I didn't put it at that oh. timestamp, but I put it in the video. I said, "You guys are lame for that." I clicked it. It was when we wouldn't say what the Reebok name was. I was like, okay. "Yeah." So I got the Pleasures collab, twelve and a half, and then um, what else did I buy? I bought some nonsense that I'm trying to like the Eric Emanuel thing yesterday. Reebok oh, yeah. Club C or whatever it is. I bought that just to flip. Mm. It may not flip for anything. Like I may make what size you buy? twenty dollars. Well, number one, Sock told me to get the orange one because that's the one that's exclusive to the website. I thought I was thinking in my head like the Laker colorway is the one everyone's gonna want because it's Kobe. But I think that I've seen thus far, I think the blue one is the highest. But not that many pairs have resold because no one has them. I mean, what size you have? Twelve, I think. Uh, I bought a twelve just in case. Like, if I get, it was only a hundred bucks. It was like one hundred eight, oh. so that's not bad. But I was like, if I get stuck with it, then like. You could wear it to beach. Yeah, I can at least wear it. So and then it'll be another box I own. And you bought three Reebok. This is three more Reeboks four. you bought. And four Reeboks. Four Reeboks that you've bought now, in probably the last 10 years. One of them. Ever is, in your life. One, <laughs> <laughs> now, one of them. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, well, I don't know if you want me to talk about it on Tuesday or not, but I guess after that drop, Sock talked to Shopify people. So Shopify, if you want me to talk about the drop, send, me, send the bag, the appropriate the bag. bag. <laughs> Send the appropriate bag, but now nah, he was like Shopify asked if you guys can talk about the podcast how the release went because Eric Emanuel's site has a question they ask in order for you to add it to cart. The question was where's Reebok's headquarters? So I actually had time. The whole point in them wanting us to talk about it is because of like they show how like it cuts the bots out or whatever. So like I actually had time to Google. Let's save that. You want me to save it? Let's talk about Tuesday. Oh, all right. Because that's a good topic. I have no time. Oh, you want to talk about the whole thing? Uh, yeah, in general. Okay. Right. I mean, I think it's a good topic. Like, right. anything, like, that's one thing that Sock is always good for on the show. Not having him on the show, but I mean, like, anything like that, let's save it Tuesday. Yeah, computer-wise stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Oh, and then we'll talk about also the Shopify CTO or whatever he is release. I don't know if you tried. What you we'll talk about, about it the, on, the, on the show. Okay. We'll do it. okay. <laughs> Did you try for any of those shoes or no? Which ones? On that release, Eric Manuel? No, that the Shopify CTO guy had his. Oh yeah, 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 all yeah, retail. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tried I on it. I think he said he only um, had like seventy pairs. But I didn't. That's a cool idea, but oh, man, I didn't like the the layout of the site. But what I but I didn't was mind cool the was cool though. They made it where you click your size, it automatically goes to cart. I, that Instead was the only like, thing I did. Like, yeah, it and didn't click and kick a button. And I am trying to because somebody else sent it to me first. Tape sent it to me first, but he didn't explain what it was. What the heck is this? A bunch of silhouettes. You sent it to me like two days before. Oh, I did. Yeah. And then oh, I, okay. no. I mean, I already knew about it, but I, then I texted you back and was like, "Yeah, that's the." Oh, well, tapes sent it to me, and I was like a bunch of silhouette of shoes, and I was like, "What the heck is this? Like, it's a bunch of shadows." And then everything's retail. I know. And I was like, this cat must only got like five pairs. There's no way. Like, I think he said he bought like 70. It was a, okay, first of all, it was a collab with Stadium Goods. Let's save it, let's save it, save it, save it. All right. All right. Anything else? No, I mean, I bought Reeboks and <laughs> and I got those Bel Air 5s. I guess we could say this on Tuesday, too. We're going to save this. All right. All right. Bel Air 5s already sold, so. Appreciate it. Appreciate them all. Appreciate everybody. That's just neat. Just pop, pop, pop. All right. Let's go.